Hello, and welcome to Scuttlebutt, the war movie review podcast. We're happy to have you with us as we take a look at films from the dawn of cinema to today. We aim to provide a raw and unapologetic review of each film's cinematography, historical accuracy, and delivery. In the process of analysis, certain details will be revealed. These spoilers are only divulged to ensure a fair assessment of each cool. film. We head into the Aishaw Valley this week with John Irving's 1987 Vietnam War epic, Hamburger Hill. As always, I'm joined by Mike A. Hello. Mike B. Mm-hmm. And Nate. So, nothing smart today. How was the POW camp? Uh, it beat my shins in with... <laughs> fuck. I can't remember what the... Li- I was going to say... What's the family you, guy line? They stuff uh, a tootsie roll A miraculous fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> a miraculous fuck up. You're welcome. Well, welcome back from, you know, coldlets. So, oh. guys, what'd you think? Oh, that's right. I missed fucking last week. I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> we didn't. It's been. A- <laughs> yeah, you talk about video games while I'm gone. I appreciate that. You uh, know. It was a good the, time. The one thing, the one thing I surround myself with. Yeah. You know. How many Xboxes do you have? <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it happened. It happened organically. It's, not, it's nothing against you. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just gonna take it personally. It's okay. It's okay if you want. We can talk about Battlefield Vietnam in this. Nathan. Nathan. Well, I actually, I actually like that game. Nate. Actually. It don't mean nothing. Uh, not a thing. Storm okay. Two. Don't That's mean what nothing. I wanted to say. Not I wanted thing. to say. I wanted to say that, but I couldn't remember how it went, and I didn't want well, to embarrass myself. Yeah. Didn't you watch the movie today? <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's it's called a recollection problem, and I it's I have it in spades. ADHD. So. Yeah. It's okay. He he remembers the fact that he saw the movie, so that's important. <laughs> yeah. A movie. Yeah. yeah. Lots of mud and a balloon. Someone's uh, head as a balloon and. Well, yeah, that, just, yeah, 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 it was there. It's always fun. <laughs> I'll have to say, so, like, this is the first time I saw this movie. There were some moments kind of like that where they, I was not expecting some of the the carnage and some of the violence and stuff like that that, uh, yeah. that jumped out at me. I was like, this is a little more hardcore than Platoon um, <laughs> so, in some of yeah. it. Yeah, a little, little bit more, a uh, little bit more uh, gore and... Yeah, it, it was more raw and unapologetic. <laughs> God damn it! Those are the words that are gonna bury bold. me, dude. Like, yeah. the, <laughs> I, I got a quote, them. but I'll save it for later. <laughs> so, um, um, I'm sure you got a million of them. But uh, cut off your Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I'll just I'll just jump in here after Michael. So I haven't seen this movie for probably about ten years, and it is way better than I thought. And as I was watching it, I was like, fuck, why did I not watch this more? You know, like, it's just so good. And it put me down this crazy rabbit hole where I was like, well, what did they copy? You know, like, this film is like crazy. It reminds me of this, reminds me of that, like, whatever. And I found out something insane. Platoon was released in December of 1986. In June of 1987, Full Metal Jacket came out. And in August of 1987, Hamburger Hill came out. Meaning that basically the three... You know, biggest Vietnam War movies, if you can argue that, came out within nine months of each other. They're all in production at the same time, and they really couldn't steal shit off of each other. So all three of them are kind of their own iteration of what the Vietnam War was for different people or for different reasons. And looking at those things, it's 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 interesting how they took different paths. You know, to me, Platoon really is the general story of a guy in country in Vietnam. Besides that last battle, but like generally, you know, you get you know, 11 months of humping and then one firefight and two weeks of R&R, and then you're home. That's, that's a very general Vietnam experience. Full Metal Jacket, it talks about the training. 
not the whole fact that they built, you know, Vietnam and, and UK. We'll talk about it another time. But it really focuses on, you know, preparing men for war. This movie, this movie is about a battle in Vietnam. And that's it. And that's why I really love it. The only way you hear about stuff is like through guys talking about what's happening back home. It's none of this like in your face fucking bullshit, you know, politics, X, Y, Z. It's about guys trying to take a hill in Vietnam. And it does it so well. It's like the only film for the Vietnam War that's about a battle. No, I mean, yeah, the culture's there and everything, but no bullshit. Like we're going to take the hill and that's what's going to happen. And in all its gore and horror and, you know, reality of what happens when you're trying to attack a defend a position like that and i just really like it i just forgot how good it was and this is not even to mention all the stupid shit that's incredibly correct that i could go on for hours for i mean like there's probably shit i missed but there's so much like vietnam war things in this that are crazy the rucks first off they're the great um the fucking uniforms just the mud there's so much in this film that like just puts it above other vietnam war films and it really is a, you know, just a great film. And it just really blew me away. I'm like, fuck, I really got to keep this in my role decks, you know? It's just, uh, it's about a battle in Vietnam. That's what it's about. And it does it really well. So, Nate, hmm. what'd you think? Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> um, no, I mean, sorry, I was like, that was deep in thought. Um, no, I mean, uh, uh, I had seen this, uh, God, during 2020, I think, and uh, it's definitely grown on me in a better light. I kind of thought it was kind of like a B-rated, C-B-rated movie, but as I've watched it again today, um, I, I have a new appreciation for it. I think it's because we've seen a lot of trash uh, <laughs> in the last year and a half, so I think... Um, I think that has something to do with it as well. Um, no, it's it's a very interesting uh, take. Um, I mean, I, I second everything Brian said. It, it also is um, does a very interesting way of. Ho- however, I do think it does do. I think it does touch on politics, but it touches politics through the men, not through situations and not through like the the the, the area they're in. I think you 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 get to know and you try to understand how politics are influencing the dynamic of the people within the squad. I think that's something that is very prevalent and very relevant uh, within that. And so, um, other than that, uh, I mean, I guess I normally talk about editing and cinematography. I mean, nothing really screamed uh, like groundbreaking to me of the time. Uh, it's very kind of you know nineteen eighties style filmmaking, but there are some very, uh, very unique and I think very uh, impressive props and dynamics of each scene. So, like, you know, helicopters landing and taking off, like jets flying in the background of a guy's reaction. Like, that, I don't know whether the jets are real or not, and I would assume they are because of the tree dynamics. So, I think all that is practical. So, that is very cool uh, to look at. And those, those impressed me. The, the, the practical effects impressed me a lot, but in terms of cinematography, it's pretty basic, but the dynamics of how much stuff is in those scenes impressed me. Um, I was a little pulled off when I heard foxes in the jungles of Vietnam. So I am, a, I am a little like, that's what those sounds of that. Ah, ah, are those are foxes. So one that's, more time, one more time. Ah, so that, those sounds are like fox sound fucking. effects. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Um, 
Um, but yeah, no, the 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 those are Fox sounds and stuff like that. But other than that, I mean, like it's 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 really good. I really enjoyed it, and um, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, I think it's one of the highest. I to me, I think it's probably going to be a pretty high Vietnam film in my book because it just it is very interesting. It's also very funny because the main guy who is like the sergeant, um, my wife watches like. CSI or not CSI uh, Law and Order Strict Steiner I don't know the the dude the dude who's been on Law and Order forever you, you and he's know like what the fuck you talking he, about yeah I, I don't that's why it's my wife's shows not my shows I just yeah. have to watch them because right. I'm in the room <laughs> Mike B I know you know this I know you know I know Little you know women. this <laughs> I, know, I know you know, I know this know. don't 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 jump on me okay but he's I, I'm not he's jumping like, on you buddy I'm just he's, I'm just, he's I'm like just... the main he's like the main bad guy in L- and Law and Order it's just funny to see him young and not like you know trying to do crypto market terrorism and stuff like that whatever the <laughs> fuck they're doing now I don't know anyway it was good though it was I I enjoyed it um, Mike B since you since you since you jumped on me for not knowing the shows of Law and Order do you know the sh- do you know the show's dynamics or are we <laughs> SVU, CI, or what are you I, uh, about? <laughs> the, uh, uh, I don't know. Whatever the dude who's like Strickler, Stickler, Striker, you, I don't know. You just, you just asked me, and you failed the question, so we're going to go with... Let's just absolve that of this podcast. <laughs> well, then fine. Then tell me what you thought. Okay. Um... <laughs> All right, penis. All right, we're, already, we're, we're, we're this. This is already like, look, 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 look. You went after me for for fucking telling me that I don't have a mass fifty one. Okay, I, 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 I'm already hot and bothered. Um, but <clears throat> yeah. So uh, Brian basically said a lot of what I wanted to say, to be honest. But like, yeah, it was cool. One thing I wanted to um kind of touch on is like the sound effects, Nate. Right. So like, you and I worked on the sound effects for Revelay, right? Mm-hmm. And I told you, I'm like, yeah, the films usually don't Great get it, soundtrack. Right? It's like this hollow, like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to accept that because I won awards. I, I was going to say, why, why, why are you doing that. the silent treatment? You won the Score award Score number four it. was amazing. You wrote it. You know, yeah. Better than the other yeah. three. Yes, thank you. I've got the laurels, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I cried at the end on. of it, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this a reenactment? Oh, wow. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That's for the trailer, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you guys also work on, uh, what is that? You know, All Quiet on the Western Front? In Battlefield 1? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was, you know, what I just played my little riff that was very, it's, it's like you guys are the first to hear it. That was what I used for Reveille. So yeah, it's pretty amazing. You, you guys, you guys, that's how I won. Yeah. I won four awards. My, my legs are in my ass. Boom, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> that's what it's called. My yeah. legs are in my, my ass. Legs are my that ass. was that riff. That's, that's what it's called. Yeah. See, yeah. You, 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 you're really giving away everything anyway, here, Nate. I, I, yeah, I, 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 I stonewalled everything. Go ahead. Oh yeah, you. Fucking <laughs> uh, um, but uh, <coughs> yeah. <coughs> excuse me. Um, and I'm saying excuse me after all this bullshit that just went on. <laughs> anyway, um, so no, the the uh, the explosion sound effects for like the grenades and like the mortars and shit, actually really fucking good. 
for the most part. There were some times where they like use stock like sound effects, and I was like, "Why? You have them. You were doing great." And they yeah. go back, and it's like it would, but like um, no, they actually get the sounds like of the grenades and the fucking mortars and shit going off in combat. And I was like, "Wow." That's it. That's impressive. And uh, that was cool. Uh, the movement, pretty damn good. Um, the one thing that we can talk about is literally every Vietnam vet that I talked to that was actually combat arms, because you talked to a lot of Vietnam vets and they sat in fucking Saigon and, oh, I'm a Vietnam vet. Yeah, well, every, every combat arms, like in the bush, has seen the elephant. The guy that I've talked to was like, yeah, we, didn't, we never used full auto because unless we were like fucked, it just wastes ammo and it's just like heats your rifle up and it's not good. In this film, they used fully automatic all the time. I don't think there was any semi auto at all. There's at least there's well, there, once there, on no, the there hill was. There was. Does, yeah. You could hear it. Yep, there was there, a 16 there, on semi sounds very distinctive. I was trying. Yeah. Okay. But I, I just picked up on the, the entire fucking movie. Yeah. Right. Right. And like they, 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 they used semi. There was a couple scenes where they used semi. And I'm like, Okay, finally. And then all of a sudden they go back to the same guy using fucking full auto, and it's like, come on. And so, yeah, the, the Vietnam vets that I've actually talked to, they said, yeah, we never used rock and roll unless we were fucked. And in this case, it's not a situation where you're fucked because you're, you need to conserve ammo and you need to go up the hill. Like, if you're getting overrun, like in Platoon, right? In, in Chewy Cut? Yes, sure, maybe, perhaps. But, like, every single Vietnam vet, like, because I told him, I was like, yeah, we never used uh, anything except semi when I was in Iraq or anything. Like, it was always semi, right? And they're like, yeah, us too. Like, we we never went on full auto. And I'm like, okay, interesting. That could be an anecdote. But, like, I've also seen interviews on YouTube where they're like, yeah, we didn't use full auto because it wastes ammo. It's hard to control. Even with an M16, it's hard to control, full auto. And it's like you're wasting rounds. They had 20-round magazines, most of the guys, during Vietnam. It's like 20 rounds is not that much, even with semi. It's not that much. But anyway, uh, we'll talk about that later. But uh, besides that, like the gear, the kind of interaction between the guys and everything, I actually like watching it like, you know, 10 years after I watched it last. Pretty decent, um, like 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 somebody said, it got it got political to an extent, but it was like it was the right amount of political because that's what the shit that the guys on the ground have been talking about, you know, the racial shit, the music stuff, the fucking whatever. Okay, I get that. Like that's guys, and they, they did they did also show like guys getting into fights and like people breaking it up, and they're getting over they're getting into fights over dumb trivial shit, but. When you're in that, like, you're so fucking tired, you're so exhausted, anything can trigger anybody in that, I hate using that word, but, like, anybody, any, anything can uh, spark, I guess, a conflict like that. And that's very realistic, and I like that. Um, again, the gear was good. One thing I would comment on is, well, we can, we can go into that later. Um, yeah, so initial thoughts, pretty fucking good. And I, I, oh, I used to think of it like Nate did as like kind of a B grade film, and I was like, oh whatever. Now that I've watched it again, like 
my frontal lobe has actually developed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I oh, like this that. actually, <laughs> it's actually quite, quite decent. So yeah, now that my right. frontal lobe is somewhat developed, I feel the same way. Um, it's um, you know, it, it's something that I did notice is that I didn't realize how much of the beginning was kind of like downtime. And I actually really enjoyed that through this through this yes. this time around. Like before, I thought it was kind of boring, but I liked the setup to everything uh, within that dynamic of setting up the dynamic as of you know like FNGs and 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 all that kind of stuff. And the, I really liked the cinematic terms of there were a lot when there needs to be activity. There was a lot of activity shown. Again, the shots of the film were not like groundbreaking cinematic or cinematography but what was in the scenes was very impressive you know helicopters low flying lots uh you know rice patties in the back uh lots of training and or not training uh, lots of um uh, uh headquarter like things and then showing like the whole thing with uh what is it nathaniel vick was that was that the term for, for what they used this and, is han yeah yeah, was it was it was it was it Nathan Vicker or something like that? Nathaniel Victor, Mr. Nathaniel Victor, Mr. Nathaniel Victor. Yeah, I liked that because I'd never heard that before. So, and I, I forgot about that the first since the first time watching it. So I was just curious, but yeah, no, that's really cool. What's your name, Nathaniel? It's not, but thank you. <laughs> I've met Nathan a few times, so it's definitely Mr. Nathaniel Victor. He'll fuck you up. Um, I'll take Nathaniel Victor. That's fine. He was a loan shark in a past life. But um, (laughs) what do you call it? Uh, Fuck you, pay me. I liked the fact that there was really no crazy cinematography. The only real thing that you could say was like the best shot, or at least I really liked, was the beginning, where it turns from the wall, the Vietnam War Memorial, into, you know, fighting. And I really liked that. Like, I really think it worked very well because there's names on a wall. But like when you bring it back into the events, I feel that was really cool. And I totally forgot about that whole thing. I was like, fuck. But I really love the fact that it was very practical in all the things because I don't know, like Vietnam War movies are usually one of three things. A big battle that's crazy, a political whatever, why are we here? Like good morning, Vietnam. Um, or just like a, a slow trope, like walking through things, you know, like platoon. Um, that's what you get. So like let's look at We Were Soldiers or um the long tan movie we did a few months ago, the Australian one, I can't remember. Danger Close. Um, Danger Close, yeah. Like, they're all the same shit, you know, guys in contact doing things. But I much rather like the Hamburger Hill style of things rather than like an artillery shell getting shot from the base camp to here. And it's like, it's cool, but I, I honestly like the older style way better. Like, I love being with the guys in the field, in the event, with just the real shots taking place. Like, it just goes to show that like you don't have to have these crazy grandiose ideas that they do today to like convey a story. Like, and the other thing I'll let you talk, Michael is we were soldiers, you know, like, Oh, it's a great film. You know, there's some bit trickery and things like that, but then you have the whole civilian sideline and stuff and like in the States and like, okay, whatever, that's the thing. But like, you don't need that for the story. You know, the whole thing about this film was guys in a battle in Vietnam and everything around that just supports what they were trying to show and do. And it was really refreshing, to be honest, because I just modern filmmaking. It's just so over flashing over the top. And it's like this is where I interject fucking Scorsese like, oh, I hate Marvel. But like to a certain extent, you know, it's like you don't have to do this stupid shit like they did it 30 years ago. And it's, it's fucking great. We're talking about it now. Yeah. Why can't you do that? You know, again, there were so. um, 
there were a number of things in this um, talking about the uh, like the the realism of there were parts where mortars were going off and like you see people getting blown up and it just it just felt like just real like it just felt visceral like Jesus Christ those guys are getting blown up like it and you see like the shards of the trees and stuff like that and uh, I was just like fuck um, that all I thought was really good. Um, I also liked, uh, you know, I liked a number of the characters in it. Um, I thought a number of the characters were really interesting and were kind of different from your typical Vietnam War film. I like the, um, uh, I'll be done in a second, Nate. Um, I, I uh, like the, uh, the Doc character um, because, mm-hmm. you know, it, the, the Doc in, in most war films is always, he's usually like the, the character who kind of, is holding people together. He's always kind of seen as like, he's, 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 uh, almost like a father figure in a way. And he has, you know, uh, 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 he, he seems stronger in some way. I like how the doc character in this film is like unhinged. He's like becoming, he can't take it anymore. And he's, he's, uh, just completely sometimes losing his mind. And I don't think I've ever seen that with a, uh, a medic before in a, in a war film. So I thought like some of the characters like that, I thought were really, really good. And the actors really brought it. Um, Nate. Uh, I was only going to defend my cinematography comment. Uh, I, I only, I only mean what I mean by that, Brian, mainly, I think what I'm trying to say is that there is nothing that makes the shot placement, not 1980s to me. I think that's what I'm trying to say. No, I think there is very good cinematography in terms of what is in the scenes, but in terms of like, I understand what you mean. Like, it doesn't have to be Marvel and like, you know, you see it through the mirror upside down or, you know, up close, but there is a veil between, you know, thin red line cinematography and this. For sure. You know, we're totally on the same page. I'm just saying that this is just a film as far as it's shot, but it's Mm -hmm. the way that they edit it and, and sh- like you know what they're showing in frame is what matters not the way it's being shot correct you know? no i and, agree and, yeah. and it, Which, it's just a lesson and like you can just shoot a scene but with a shit ton of detail and still get great you know you don't have right, to have yeah, yeah. whatever you know so no we're I, on the think, same page but okay okay i think it like, supports cause... the fact that like again you don't have to be this crazy like kubrick kind of guy to make a really fucking good movie you just have yeah, to do you right. just have to have every asset you need in the frame you have to do all if you do all your homework, you're good, you know. Or you don't have to be Kubrick to have good cinematography. Like you can yeah. do a mm-hmm. good cinematography can still be what the tradition is said of that time period and or going back to the basics. Like you can have good cinematography with a really good pan. Yep. For sure. Uh but there is nothing um there is a difference between, you know, all quiet in the western front and this in terms of cinematography. It's 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 also the modern time for now. You know, our our expectation of now cinema is to have have a lot of cinematography that kind of is breaking the mold and or show a different aspect of creative like nature. Um, but I think that, you know, you can still do that with a 1980s pan with four Hueys running in the background of, of rice grass with Han, you know, cutting wire like you can still have that. So. Well, I think interesting comparison to like, you know, 80s making a film about a very bad battle and then 20 teens making a movie about a very bad battle is Hacksaw Ridge compared to Hamburger Hill. 
you know, they have to go up there multiple times. You have to do all this bullshit. You get some backstory. And Hacksaw Ridge is a horrible piece of shit. It's a horrible just piece like of shit. A horrible film, piece of shit that's just fantasy. You know, I will watch like, it and I will enjoy it, but it's a horrible piece well, of shit. Yeah, and, and like yeah. you know, that's when it's just like oh, like knocking grenades back and all this stupid shit. And it's like you don't have to do that. You know, it's like this is just like you know, this is so pure as far as cinema, like you know, filmmaking and stuff is. It's like oh my god, you just you shot it and you made a movie, not like and, ooh, grenade and and, 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 and going why. back to the basics of have everything having yeah. to be practical. It does keep you being in being keeping everything practical does keep you in a in, in a certain set of cinematography because you have to get the shot so you want to go safe with the shot that's why there is just a a tripod like shot of him reacting to the explosions and the jets because they want to do it in one take not do it again because the camera fucked up because they didn't get a good pan or timing or whatever so like that that alone make could put it into you know older cinematography like tropes in that sense of, of placement and panning so, but I, I think that you could actually like, here's the thing, man, is I think honest to God and like you guys that are listening to this, please comment because I'm actually curious um, from what I've talked to you with people that I know, but it's a very small crowd and whatever. I think that people crave practical effects because there's been so much fucking cheap CGI. Oh yeah. Not cheap as in cost-wise, but, like, not good quality, right? Just CGI. I think people would rather see practical effects in a film than what we've had for the past, like, what, 15 years now? Yeah, it's been really I would say 30 since the early 90s. Really, The Phantom Menace really kind of started out. Well, actually, no, that's... that's the well, no, it's late 90s. Yeah. I, I'd, so. say, I'd, I'd say it's about I, 25 years. I, I, would, I, would say, I would say that in terms of, like, what I like to see, like, for example, um, I will use All Quiet just because it's relevant and, the, and probably the most yeah. um, recent film we've reviewed. Mm-hmm. Um, there are very interesting shots, very interesting scenes where, I get it, they had to use CG because making 10 to 15 World War One tanks would be impossible on a budget that wouldn't cost a gazillion dollars. I understand that. Right. Um, however, and I can't remember off the top of my head, there were a few shots where it's like, that looks like, that looks cheap. The parts where the that guy's, cheap. the parts where the guy gets burned uh, looked really bad. And I, I can't quiet. remember off the top of my head, but like, but like certain aspects, it's like, you need to have, what I always tell people in terms of just what I crave in a movie, just, dynamically is i like to have things that are practical and i like to have things if they have to be cg they have to be subtle and they have to be and or fill the impossible yeah and you better damn well make it good because if it looks bad it's going to pull it down unfortunately cg is used more of a crutch than a tool of content now People tend to want That's, to, yes. yeah. People tend to rely heavily on CG to the point where it they rely on it so heavily that they can't get anything. It looks off when they rely so heavily, and it more of the less pulls you out of the moment than immerses you fully in. Yeah, sucks now the with life this out movie, yeah, in this movie, I couldn't see anything CG. Everything felt very practical. I'm sure if I went back, I could find a few things that were CG, but everything in this movie screamed practical all the way to a guy's fake head being filled like a balloon. So, so like, you know, yeah. it, 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 and that has its drawbacks as well. But, like, 
I would any day I would rather have a practical effects and if I guess the wet dream would be CG to make the practical effects look really good. Yeah. Now, um, on the on the subject of practical effects and talking about something that might be a little questionable, um, the that exploding head moment. Uh, that um, obviously I was not expecting that. So that kind of like I was like whoa when that happened. But um, I mean I could kind of feel that it was like building up to that, but I didn't know that they would just like show it. However, the funny thing is is that they 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 cut to the exploding head like after it's already exploded. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I think it probably looked like utter horse shit. That's <laughs> because because you see styrofoam inside right. the inside of the head. So yeah. yeah, so they're like, oh, so yeah. it's like cut it right here so it doesn't no, yeah, it looks like, like Raiders shit. quality, you yeah. know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before that it probably looked like the head from aliens, you know, ash, you know, uh <laughs> I I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it's so bad. Um yeah. and uh and that's just the thing, like the, of all the things to rep, le, replicate for like a prosthetic or a, you know, a prop or something like someone's head, like that's really, that's really daring. Especially when you, and, and it's hard because as, as viewers, what do you see the most in your day to day? You see yeah. other people's heads. Yeah. So you'll face. know when something doesn't look correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, not just styrofoam inside the fake head, but I mean like. That's why when you see like prop heads before they explode, something just always looks off, or the wax figure yeah, always looks off. It just off. doesn't look good. Yeah, and it's meant for a mid mid distance stay away explosion, like the guy in uh, Running Man who runs past the collar boundary and and his head his head is in his shoulder. Yeah, his head's in his shoulders, and all of a sudden just pops like a balloon, like pop. <laughs> Thank God no that head, was that was running. filmed behind him though. Like that they, and far they, away. Yeah, they were, yes, they were yes, smart yeah. enough to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like that. That's what I mean. Like, like again, I think the golden rule yeah. is mix your mix your practicals with CG, and you'll have like the the cinematic wet dream. I feel like, but yeah, yep. I think if you go too hard in one way or the other, I think it's it obviously each each technique shows its faults. So, Brian, go ahead. Yeah, that was the only thing in the film that really like brought me out of it because it's like you know it just. The effect didn't work. It's the way it goes. But, you know, it's, it's it. like, I like the lead up. I like the idea of the scene. Like, you know, if they could have done it right, it would have been awesome. Um, but as we all know, we have some experience with some of these types of shots. You know, it's very hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's very hard. That's just the you thing. Know? Sometimes it's a shot in the dark, no pun intended, but sometimes it doesn't work, you know? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, right? <laughs> yep. No, it's like, yeah. And so you got to make it work. And, um, yeah, it's just, you know, that. Again, it's one scene, and there, again, there, there, there's several things that are wrong with this film. But like, we'll, we'll nitpick them. And we'll get there in a second. I'll, I'll tell you a couple of them. But like, overall, you know, they're very forgivable. Um, there, there is some, there is some corny dialogue though. Um, so there. Well, are, yeah, yeah, yes. There are, yeah. there are. This movie does have a number of things where I was like, "That's a little cheesy. That's a little bit like." My um, name's not Alphabet. <laughs> I was gonna say that, yeah. That was like that's like <laughs> yeah. the that that's something that I love that nickname like, though. But, yeah. but like that whole <laughs> yeah. thing, yeah, where he's like dying, he's like he's like Alphabet. My name's not Alphabet. You know, it's just like it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's like yeah. is this yeah. hot? That that was che- that that was cheesy as hell. When, yeah. Yeah. yeah, when the one guy dies and he falls in the punji pit and they find him later on and he's facing up, I'm like, okay, you don't fall into a pit and turn around. You know, you fall into a pit face down. But Brian, so, they wanted that 
Yeah, exactly. You have to see yeah. the guy's face. And yeah. I, like, I get it. I understand the dead, shot. Right. But yeah. Well, you know, he could also like, like fallen in sideways. Like, you know. <laughs> No, we're no, gonna, no, we're no, gonna no, get no, on no, a plane. No. We're gonna fly to Hill Nine Three Seven. No, like, I will. No, I will generally the, fall into someone. The only, the yeah. only thing I could agree with Mike B in that sense is like, if I'm gonna fall, I want to fall on my side or my back versus on my face, falling through the air, or tilting if I know I'm going down. But yeah, I yeah, that that was that was definitely for cinematic cinematic purposes, and it was yeah. like, yeah, okay. And um, also the alphabet thing still reigns or it reigned true when I was in, you know, and oh, God, yeah. I'm an old timer <laughs> now. Like I'm fucking, that was thir- that. Oh my God. That was four, 15 years ago. Fucking Christ. In basic, um, any, any Polish last name, which I could pronounce cause I grew up around here, but they just be like fucking alphabet. You, do you guys know where to find a general ratter man? <laughs> oh, Jesus. That was, yeah, fucking that funny. was funny. Yeah, have the Marines signed for it. They're dense enough. It's a, it's yeah. a, he's, a, he's a major general, you know, two-star general. <laughs> well, that's a little redundant, don't you think? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. But, Again, just kind of goes to show like, how crazy Vietnam was, you know? It's like, oh, in yeah, the middle of but it's war. like, um, also, one of the things I was going to bring up earlier, and or I said earlier, and I'm going to bring it up now, is, honest to God, the 101st was one of those units that, like, they loved colored unit patches. They loved SSIs. That what were, do you like, mean? Dick Winters loves us the most. <sighs> Goddamn chicken hawks. So, anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, no, like, th- there would have been a lot more, like, um, uh, full color patches on the, the guy's left shoulders. There literally would have been. Even in 69. So, yeah. While we're on insignia, did you see the problem with the insignia? Besides what I just said? Yeah. What what did you see? The tapes are way too big. They're not folded at all over at all. They're all they're they're applied wrong, but if you look, we'll get a still up here eventually. But the tapes but, are yeah. way too big. They're at least like I did, I, a quarter I of an inch catch too that. large. Yeah, I noticed it this time because like I was watching it and the, it was like fucking I'm like, what because so there seems like they're covered in mud. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, they're really big. And I think they're just, they were oversized. They weren't installed correctly, but the name tapes. Well, are- we'll see that because, like, yeah. the the the, parach- the parachute qualification badge and the uh, combat infantry badges, like, were... They were good, like, two inches by an inch and a half. And yeah, like, but, like, they they also looked big, so it might have just been, like, small dudes. You'll we'll see. see. We'll yeah. see. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll that, see. The only um, other thing I really picked up that was wrong was the M47s in U.S. use. The M47 tanks, they were used by Arvin you know, South Vietnamese soldiers. Yeah, no, um, the, 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 the Americans, the Americans use M48s mainly. Marines 48s, Army M60s. Yeah. Well, not true. Uh, in Mostly 16, true. Well, Sheridan. No, the well, M60 the, was like, well, the even, Sheridan, yes. Even then, the yes. 101st really only had the Sheridan because they were a light armored unit. So, yeah, the and so like, had that shit. yeah, the M60 was like, it was, it was such a, it was, it's a heavy tank. So like, it didn't really get along well, and they were there, yes, but like, it wasn't that much. No, like, any any of those big ones, like for example, I, I knew a guy. He was an engineer in I Corps, and he was a. They were engineers, and they were wrecker crew, and they had the only wrecker that was survived long enough because the Vietnamese would attack them or the Viet Cong because you know they couldn't pull anything out of the patch. It was Vietnamese, yeah, so for yeah. like the longest period of time, fucking you know they were like the one wrecker that could pull M60s out of bogs all over the I Corps, and they were targeted like heavily. <laughs> So yeah, it's yeah. a big problem when you have these heavy vehicles in this fucking country. Right, and the M48, like, um, I talked to a, a Marine tanker who was a crewman on an M48. He was a, um, he was a loader or a gunner, and uh, yeah, he said, yeah, when monsoon season came, like, we just sat up on a hill. 
we didn't we didn't yep. fucking move. He's like we just sat up there. It was a lot of indirect fire. Like, right, exactly. And um there was yeah, a tank so, battle though during the war. PT76s and M48s. Sure. That's fine. Like yeah, mm-hmm. it's 15 years, one tank battle, one yeah. massive one. One tank on tank battle, yeah. Six six PTs and a platoon of M48s. For the most part, both sides like it's just it's not good terrain and it's more of a liability to <laughs> Hey Nate, if you were sitting there doing this in person right now, I would punch you so fucking hard you'd be shitting teeth. It's not even Vietnamese propaganda. It's fucking wrong country, dude. <laughs> but um yeah, no, it was that's the only other thing that was really wrong, you know. But you do see 47s in country, but they're always with the Arvin. They always look really cool too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's some of the, the stuff that I love, though, while we're on the subject, was ration socks on their fucking rucks. That was really cool to see. If you guys don't know what ration socks are, basically you take a sock and you would fit as many fucking tins of sea rats in there as you could and tie it onto your ruck. And a few of the guys had those. And also, as they fought in the battle, the socks got smaller, which was fucking cool because it means they're eating their rations. So that's something that's super Vietnam that I really don't see in a lot of other places. I can't actually remember where I've seen it. Like in other films, but when I saw that, I was like, "Fuck!" It was like one scene where this guy runs out and you see it swing on his back, and I'm like, "Oh, that's fucking cool." Um, the mud, even though it was the wrong color, it should be clay. The red color, Very, it would be be red. Yep. Yes, because they did shoot this in the Philippines. Um, at the they same should time, have shot, they shot in fucking Georgia. Well, you know, Georgia doesn't have as many Hueys as they do in fucking you know Philippines. Correct. Yes. Yes. Uh, taped together magazines. That was really cool to see. And especially them loaded on the bottom at different times. Like, guys would reload. You'd see yeah. that. Um, what do you call it? Uh, the vest, vets versus the FNG. You know, the guys, like, wearing the fucking flax versus not. Dudes did wear flax into the field, though, on occasion. So that's not always wrong. Yeah, no, and, and, and actually, some some army units and marine units, actually, that was, like, their SOP. Like, you're going to wear your flag. Yep. But, like, down where these guys were, they were in, um, I think, two core, right? Yeah. Like, Central the bottom Islands. of two core, top yep. of top mm-hmm. of three core. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like, yeah, it was unit SOP, and they were like, yeah, don't wear flax. It's just going to drag you down. It doesn't do a fucking thing either, which they were actually correct. Oh, yeah, it's, um, it's fragmentation if it's anything. Yeah, it's like a defensive thing, not an offensive thing. But, uh, yeah, and that, that was cool. And then the chin straps, too. Did you notice that? Oh, on the back? Or? The Some FNGs guys had to hang would, it down, too. Oh, well, yeah. The FNGs yep. would have their chin straps on. Yeah. And the old guys would either have them hanging or back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah. It's not that it's going to snap your neck. It's just uncomfortable if you fall, which you do when you're, you know, moving. When you're doing bounding shit, whenever you fall, and it, like, hurts your neck. Yep. So. There was another cool scene where they get into combat, and all of a sudden, fucking, they're trying to reload the 60, and the guy's putting the belt in wrong. He's getting yelled at. I'm like, that's No, fucking- he, he gives it to him wrong. Yeah. And, and like, he's like, because he's he, he's in he's in combat. Was he he's expecting his AG mm-hmm. to give him the ammo? His AG is out of the fight, and he's like, "What the fuck? You give it to me backwards!" And this this kid just doesn't fucking know. And it's like, oh, you know, yep, and, it's and a new fact, guy. Exactly, yeah, you know. And it's like, fuck it. I've I've tried to put a belt in backwards in a 34 or 42, and I'm not thinking of a reenactment. Like, you know, it's it happens. It's a stupid shit. If the can's not loaded right, you grab the whatever. You know, it just. Is what happens. Um, and also if you're, if same, you're very well trained, that's not going to happen. But well, this guy was not. True. You know, it's but, like, yeah. This the guy, other, yeah. The other interesting thing too is that when they're getting fight in the jungle, they're like, "I don't see anything," and they just start shooting. 
you know and it's like that's so legit yep. because unless you see muzzle flashes or distinctive things that's like the real difference between like later on whether in the actual battle and you can you know mm-hmm. sense positions and whatever versus just fighting in the jungle and that's well, on the subject, and I'm talking about everything, but like it's cool how the, the jungle degrades as well as the fighting goes on. Like, you know, it's yeah. very lush, and less green and less of it, yeah, and great. And then, you know, because if you look at the real photos of Hill 937, it's fucking just like you know, the soul it was bare at the end, yeah, it was bare, it's just yeah. fucking crazy. Um, but it was cool, you know, in, in a way, which I love this in films, like the landscape becomes a character and the hill becomes a character as they degrade, so do the, does the terrain, and like everything well, and around I'll, them turns to shit. I'll say this too. The first world war was the same way when we got involved. Everybody thinks it was just this barren wasteland of like no man's land. No, that's not the Americans mostly fought in wooded areas. Like on the um, Southern part of the Western front, which is where most of the Americans actually were. They would fight in wooded areas. It would get degraded over time because of the artillery and the gunfire and all that shit. But there was actually woods that they were fighting in. And it's the same thing with this film, you know, in Vietnam, it's like, yeah, it starts out very lush, and then <laughs> by the end of it, it's 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 not there. The uh, the slip and slide scene on the uh, on the hill yes. itself that was I, I like liked that. that a lot because yeah. you don't see that a lot in any other movie, um, and it would totally absolutely make sense because and it definitely yeah. would happen. Like yeah. it's and, and the anxiety that I got from that scene is like you're taking fire and you're fucking sliding down a goddamn mud hill, and you oh can't stop, and you can't no, stop. You can't. And if they can, and if they can, if they're at an angle where they can nail you and they predict where you're going to go because of how fast you're going, like yep. you're fucked. There's nothing. And you if they can hit do. you, guess yeah. what? You've got an infection on your hands, bud. Yeah. Well, it, it kind of reminded me of um, the Pacific when uh, they're in uh, Okinawa. Uh, Okinawa, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I got, yeah, they did that in that in that uh, that show. Yeah, face first in uh, the Japanese ribcage yep. and maggots. Yep. And, yeah. Yeah. It, it's yeah. it's if you're in a spot like that, man, just fucking dig in. <laughs> like, it, it was great. Like, it was great though because you felt sim- simultaneously during that you felt their desperation that they wanted to to. Th- there was like it's right there. We we can get it's right know, there. It's yeah. right fucking there. <laughs> yeah. And, but they're we're fucking the way up. We've lost all these guys, and now we're sliding down. We physically cannot get up there. Yep. Fuck. It was that was also the scene where Doc got hit, right? Yeah. So they came and get to him because half of them are sliding down the hill and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it was really fucked. Up. It's like, not really finalized that he that he's that he died, but he no, did I like die, that, right? Or you just don't it's know? Not, no, it's not. It, it, it's okay. not finalized, and I like that because yeah, it's like that's a character y'all grow to love, you know. Because this guy, he's good at his job. He's really good. He's short, or like he's about to be out of Vietnam, and like he's he's angry. He's pissed off. He's been through too much already, but he still does his fucking job. And then he gets hit, and then you're like, okay, he's on a stretcher. Oh shit! It seems like he's dying. Hold on, and then it just cuts away. I love it. The other thing too, Laurent, is that how exhausting this they show combat being, which I love. It's yeah, like, it's yes. not like this. Pop you through the woods. Oh, we gotta shoot a guy. There's a guy over there. It's like throw a grenade. It's like no. Like holy shit. Like fucking seventh time, eighth time, ninth time going to this fucking hill. Who and the Vietnamese too. Exactly. Yeah. You know, just like they're not, they're not all like you know they're not all like fucking gung ho at the end. They're like yeah, they're shooting. They're like popping up shooting and they're lobbing grenades and not very far. And it's like. 
Dude, these guys are fucking smoked mentally it, and physically. It was interesting to see the M24s going off too from those dug-in positions of them throwing them. Because you don't really see a lot of Vietnamese throwing grenades a lot in... They're not M24s. They're the uh, what uh, are Type they? 69s, the Chinese okay, ones. Okay, okay. You, you smaller under, you, stick you, grenades. The, the smaller stick grenades there in Vietnam. Yep. That are, you always complain that IMFDB has drilled holes in all their D-mills. There, Trust me, it'll, it'll happen again. There are <laughs> so many Chinese grenades in this. It's great. There's like barrages of them, you know. And what I think was cool too is they they show that they're not always weapons that kill, you know. They land your body because there are stun grenades at the end of the day. They're really only they are they are exactly. they only kill really the point man at the beginning, and they show one like hitting him like you know directly. So that's well. It's also the uh, the way that those those grenades were designed is it's like a mini M24, but like M24s were offensive grenades, right? And it's like. They're made to stun because they don't always fragment. Sometimes they just split open, and it's just the the concussion, which sucks. It's it's not fun to be around, but it's like, yeah, sometimes a piece of metal will come off of those and hit someone, and it's devastating. You know, it's it's thirty thousand feet per second, and yeah, the and just the way that they like also had some of the camera sh- like sh- jitters like by explosions. I thought that was mm-hmm. really cool. Like when the lieutenant mm-hmm. loses his arm, you know, yeah. and that was a very interesting because he's like so into it, so into it, and then blackjack four five. You know, like it's slow, it's methodical. I wasn't it's, sure what happened at first yeah. when they did that. I was like, well, was just like him, yeah. you kind yeah. of like are in his head as it happens. And there's so many times where they use that jittering to do it. And I love the fact like towards the end of the film when they use the music to kind of like bait you. They're like, oh, they're getting there. They get into the top, and then like an, that explosion happens, and then the music just totally stops. Yeah, and you're like, oh, what the fuck? And then later on, it's like, oh, oh, they're getting, oh, they're gonna get up there, and then oh, it happens again. You're like, kind of like you know, blue balling you, like just like they were, like fuck, Jesus, like this is fucking gonna end, like oh my god. But it's just really cool use of sound and just again little things like little camera jitter. Yep. Like for an explosion, not some like the grenade is flying through the air and it's you can see it cross over a map of North Vietnam down the Ho Chi Minh Trail and into this guy's <laughs> arm. Like, no, you know, it's it, a guy threw it 10 feet away and exploded. And this is what happens, you know. And the suit lieutenant, too, when he had his arm off, mm-hmm. it wasn't like overdone. It was just. All right. OK. All right. That was an period. odd cut editing wise. I I, I, know, I know what they were trying to do, and I and I and I get it because they're trying to make it show like, okay, that guy died and he's just talking weird, like I get the whole cut with that, but it was an interesting cut of way to, he, to show that. Are we talking about the same scene? The lieutenant who gets yeah kill who gets his arm blown off on the radio. He's not dead. No, I know he gets his arm blown. The radio guy yeah. dies. His RTO dies. Then, yeah. His yeah, RTO, yeah, his RTO dies, yeah. and then his arm's blown off. And the only reason why you know something bad has happened is that it, it cuts immediately to a to a shot, another shot of the same dynamic shot. It's obviously like he's mm-hmm. there, and then it cuts to a new shot in the same explosion, and then it shows the after effects. And there's kind of like no. It takes you a second, almost like a beat, to process what's going on, and I. I understand why they did it because they're trying to show like this exploded and now something's changed and we don't know what yet because you only think that the RTO died and not that he's injured or significantly injured. Um, I understand the reasoning. It is a little jarring though, the way they did it. I I do like to pick it up um, where uh, the guy slides down the hill and he's the one that notices the injury, you know, and like the look on his face of like, yeah. oh, I got to take care of you. <laughs> Like, yeah, you, you know, you, you got a problem, bud. Yeah. You know, and, and also, so with that, um, 
They did a really good. Well, okay. There's a couple things. So on the radio, um, when you're saying, you know, whatever number six, that's your officer of whatever, if it's a company or a battalion or whatever, six is the officer. And so it was interesting at the beginning, like when they were out on ops and the uh, platoon sergeant, the E7, was answering the radio and he was saying so-and-so six. I don't know if they just didn't know or like they were doing something weird because he would usually be like, you know, I'm so-and-so seven. That's your platoon sergeant. That's your enlisted, your highest enlisted of that element is seven. Six is your officer. And I don't know if he was doing that because like it's a new lieutenant or whatever, but like whatever. Um, And then the lieutenant, you know, later on when he's on the radio, he's identifying himself as six, which is accurate. Right. And I don't know why they did that, but with that um, being said, the Lieutenant was also not wearing any collar insignia, nothing to identify him as a Lieutenant. Very fucking accurate for 69, especially Um, the enlisted guys would wear that because it wasn't a big deal. It was like, I mean, everybody knew who they were in the unit, whatever, but like, um, also, they had gone in 69, they had gone from, like, going away from the shoulder sleeve insignia to the collar insignia, like the pin-on, right? Or, so, well, some was very later uh, in, like, the 70s. But, like, um, so they would do the pin-on. They got that accurate, too. So whoever was the advisor for this film did a pretty fucking good job. Except for, like, the 101st would have had colored patches. They would have had full color patches, a lot of them. They were one of those units, like... The 25th, in like Platoon, they did this too, where it was like there was a couple colored patches. Most of them were subdued. Fourth ID was mostly subdued, from what I know. Uh, first Cav was mostly subdued after Yadrang. And then whatever, but like the 101st, the 173rd, and the 82nd, the short time they, they were there, they mainly had uh, colored insignia on their left shoulder. So, I mean, yeah. But with that, if like whoever did the insignia did a good job. We'll, we'll talk about the name tapes later when we get it pulled up. But like, we'll talk about that. But like, uh, as far as rank and SSIs, cool. Yeah, multiple times, you know, you see. Um, I think Doc has like a collar rank, and he's got it flipped over a lot, you know. And it's just this cool little thing. Well, he's an E four. Yeah, he's a specialist fourth class. Yep. Yeah. So that's it. That's very accurate as well. So, mm-hmm. yep. No, um, it's just yeah. so interesting, you know. Um, this, I was just rewatching a bit of the combat sequences. It's just really well done, and um, you know, and well, uh, was they one did a lot of fucking research, and like they they yeah. they had to have had a lot of input from guys that were there. Yeah. Well, apparently, had, 1986 they, they was the year America decided to deal with its reckoning of the Vietnam War and make a fucking million films. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah. I was even talking to Nate today. Good Morning Vietnam came out in January of '88. Like fucking. Like within a year, you get four Vietnam movies. Well, then like, in '89, the you have uh, Casualties of War. Yeah, you know that's another one that we're gonna have to do someday because that's a very dark one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's too political. My, I've seen it one or two times, and like, I don't know. It's just nothing's. We'll have to, we'll have to rewatch that <laughs> eventually, though. We, we will. We'll have to. Do yeah, it. I mean, we'll it, have to I, do I, I could be wrong, but I don't know. It's like because that's crazy. That's when the Ameri- Americal became the 23rd Infantry Division. Oh, this is how. <laughs> that's, well, it, yeah, they, they, yeah, anyway, that's a different film, different discussion. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Join us in 16 weeks. So you. the Civil War started in 1960-something. Nathaniel, I'm not doing that tonight. We're not, we're not going there. I'm staying on topic. I'm well, staying on track. We're not going to talk about panzer tactics tonight either? No. Mm-hmm. No. no. Okay. One thing I loved, and it made me realize <laughs> that, you know, you can't do this today like they did in the 80s, was like all the helicopters and everything. But we all know, like, Apocalypse Now, the helicopter scene is amazing. They use Filipino helicopters. We all know the platoon sequences, they have these helicopter scenes that yep. film the Philippines. This one they film the Philippines too. But there's one thing in this I saw that I haven't seen in any other movie that I love, and it's insane. When they get picked up, which at first is really cool because they get picked, you know, literally Huey's landing and picking up. I think they did that in We Were Soldiers. Um, but it's just cool to see, like, you know, guys, okay, now you're going to where you, you need to go because troops aren't stationed at the airbase, you know, the two different places. But when they're getting picked up, they have a long shot, like in the distance. There's two fucking cobras circling the yeah, formation. Security. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I don't think there's any airworthy cobras in the world anymore. Like, or, or at least there are. There's a handful. There's like B-17s, you know. But fucking, you literally have two fucking Cobras pulling security just like for, you know, a 10-minute scene. Like, holy shit, that's fucking it was, awesome. It was, you know? again, I, I, I'll, I'll call back to the, to the cinematography discussion of the jets going over the hill and dropping napalm. Mm-hmm. Like, I really think that's real. Like, that's real practical jet flying it, it, it over didn't look the CG pyrotechnics. At all. No, and it's also very hard to do. It would also be very hard to do yeah. CG in 1987 to yep. show jets going behind trees. Yep. And then and that's all practical. They also 100%. have the long shot of the helicopters moving out. And if you look really close, you could see, like, fucking water towers and stuff. Because it's a really long shot, like, through a valley. But they literally have, like, fucking 10 Hueys flying through a valley, like, a mile away from the camera. Like, it reminds me of those, like, Vietnam War newsreels or, like, guys sitting on fobs and, like, watch the attack going. And it's, like, again, there might be some modern stuff in the shot, but you can't help it because they're fucking five miles away, you know, across a a jungle valley. Like, how cool is that? But you just can't get that today. Like, today it's going to be two real helicopters and, like, all the rest CGI, just like Danger Close. All the other ones. I mean, it's just a different time. But, like, it's just, like, when I saw the Cobras, I was, like, really? That's fucking awesome. Like, there's yep. no other film that, that has that. And again, it's just for some security. You don't see them again, you know, like for the whole movie. It's just this one stupid scene that's totally correct for 1969 that unless you're looking for it, you'll see it, you know. Like all the all the wives that are made to watch this film to so their husbands or significant others like aren't going to pick up on the fact there's two fucking Overwatch Cobras. But like if you know what you're looking for, it's like, holy shit, they fucking they got the, the Filipino pilots to do that. And it's just cool. So Well, also, it was good that they actually showed like I don't know if you guys picked up on it, but like they showed when they were being dropped off, they were picking up the uh, the other unit that had been there for a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and they were like, not just the wounded guys, but like they were picking up the guys that had been there. They're like, okay, dropping you guys off, picking you guys up, and from every person I've talked to, uh, combat arms that was in Vietnam did that kind of shit. Throughout the entire war, they're like, yeah, that's how it would have gone. Like, like they would drop the guys off. They'd get their perimeter. They, you know, they, they'd get briefed very quickly on, like, here's where we've been sitting. Here's where they're coming from. Um, this area is pretty quiet, blah, blah. And then they would just get on the chopper. So it's like you got 30 seconds. And they did. They showed that in this film where, like, the guys, they're, they're not wounded or anything. They're just like, hey, I need to get the fuck out of here. Go back for a couple days. Wash up you know, do my thing, and then they're going to go right back out there. I think it was three weeks and one. You're out in the boonies for three weeks, and then you come back. For well, it, it was, again, that was unit SOP. 
It was yeah, like um, but I think that was pretty standard for this point of the war. Mm, it was very unit dependent because um, some guys would go out there for a week and they come back for three days and then go out there for another week and s- yeah. Shortly like, after this, too, the whole war changed with the with the strategic Hamlet program and stuff. And the hundred and first, like you know, they did a lot of like garrisoning of villages and stuff like that. And so it's you know, it does really change. This is kind of yeah, the end sure. of the search and destroy operations on a massive right, scale. E- exactly. And that's the whole thing with like search and destroy. Like even the guys that I talked to and like I've I've read about and everything, it it varied. It was similar, but like it was like yeah, you're out there for one to three weeks, depending on your unit. And then you're back for one or a couple days. Then you're right back out there again. You know, and it's like, fuck. Whether you get airlifted in or you just walk back in. And um, that's why, like, all the boxes and shit, like, that were, excuse me, um, made at that point, they were very reinforced because they were made to be, okay, this unit's been out there for two weeks. They're running low on this, this, and this. Okay, cool kick it off the side of a fucking chopper that's 100 feet off the ground, that box has to be able to withstand the impact and be good to go. Okay. When they're also dropping off the men, too, just to reiterate it, they don't touch the ground. They're hovering. No. You know? Yeah, they're and hovering. That's, yep. The guys are jumping out and shit. That's exactly correct. There's even the joke in Scrubs, like, from Bill Kelso, like, oh, they hover eight feet off the ground, we jump into the helicopters, thighs like a motherfucker. You know, like yeah, they jump up on the rails yeah. and they'd, they'd like yep. mm-hmm. you know use that and jump in yeah. and yeah, it's like that's again it, it correlates to a lot because I actually have the good thing about like you know being our age is like I've talked to a shitload of Vietnam vets, a shitload. They're most of them are pretty fucking cool guys. Um, I was just talking to an I Corps guy in fucking the grocery store the other day. <laughs> you know, fucking you get right, still, dude. This this like guy World War II like, vets I, in the nineties. You know, you see the hats. Yeah, exactly. And so you know, I, I try to talk to them and like. This guy that I, you know, I, I went to, uh, to the range that I don't go to anymore because it got too fucking full of fuddery. But, like, uh, this guy, you know, I, I'd see him out there every Monday. And we'd talk and everything. And he was a fucking Marine in I Corps in 68 and 69. And he was, um, I'm going to have to let the dog out soon, but I'll just tell you the story. Um, and anyway, this guy, long story short, he, um, guy's a fucking hardcore dude. He's like. But he was telling me about combat and shit like that, like what he experienced. He's like, yeah, we, we rigged up on a 113, we rigged up an Orlikon anti-aircraft cannon. And he's like, we would go into these fucking rice paddies in I-Corps and like these, these like hedgerows basically, right? But they were like just jungle. And he's like, we use the 20 millimeter <laughs> to just punch through these lines that we'd get shot at from. And after we'd fire, you know, 10 to 20 rounds, there'd be no more fire coming from there. He's like, I know we didn't kill them all, but it sure scared the shit out of them. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I wouldn't want that headed towards me. And I was just laughing and I'm like, fuck. He goes, yeah, but then we did it. We did it. We did like a, like an, an an evaluation, like whatever, like uh, going over, like an assessment, assessment. That's what he said, an assessment. And he goes, yeah, we definitely hit some of them. That's probably why they ran. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, they'd hit the trees and they'd blow up. And yeah, these guys were fucked. But he's like the nicest dude ever. And he's just like very calm. That would and, be fucking yeah. devastating. <laughs> oh, he they, said it was. He's like, oh, it was. 20 million. They, they're powered. Oh, my God. Well, they're powered by pneumatic. The action is yeah. actually um, rigged up to compressed air. 
so that it helps because the action is so heavy it has to be propelled so literally like it's a fucking pneumatic 20 millimeter machine gun and they like, rigged that fucking, fucking thing up yeah. on a 113 it's, it's just insane you know because <laughs> like hey, they Bob, had a lot you got it, the extra co2 so gooks are coming down the track right yeah. right that's the, yeah and, and like you know marty he's, he's he also was uh stationed with rock troops in I Corps, and um, he was a U.S. Marine, and like he was stationed with Rock Marines, and he's like, you know, I thought I had it bad, but he goes, one of those guys would fuck up just a little bit, and they'd take him around the back of the the barracks, and they'd beat the living fuck out of them, and with an inch of their life, and he's like, we had to hear this, so like we witnessed it a lot, and he's like, I guess that's how they roll. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I didn't really bitch about our discipline. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, he, yeah. So anyway, um, but he was an I-Core. And like, so I've talked to guys like that and they're all, it's the funny thing is like all those guys that have actually been there and, you know, seen the shit, they're very cool to talk to. They're very nice. They're very, and we, we were laughing a lot of the times, like laughing about dark shit, but it's like, that's how you cope with it. Then that's how you just talk about it. And um, so that's why, you know, I, I think this film really kind of captures like when they're going through it and how they cope and all the different characters and how they're coping together. Like, you know, you get the, you get the tension between the guys and they're, you know, they start fighting and then ball it gets broken up and then you get the tension, like with the doc at the end, when he's talking about the white boys, you know. You know, they're not going to do this shit. And he goes, then why the fuck am I here? You know, something like that. I forgot the exact words. And then he, he kind of bucks up to him. And then he just fucking shakes his hand. It's like, yeah, we're all in this shit together, fuckers. And like, yeah, that's 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 pretty fucking cool to portray that on film. Um, because it could have gone, it could have gone a different way, you know, politically, like in the film, but it didn't. And it's like, yeah, that's how guys actually solve their shit you know like, yeah hey we're, we're all in this together man we're all we're all taking a big bite of the same shit sandwich and and uh no i like that a lot and the the camaraderie even though like yeah there's some tension still but like it's still like very fucking and when they get into the shit though you can see like everybody's everybody's fucking working together everybody's just fucking all the shit that we've got going on between us everything is to the side and it doesn't fucking matter because we're trying to do this and we're trying to survive. And I, I love the way that was portrayed. So it was pretty cool. Um, I also liked the, just the structure of it too. Like those moments where it's, it's like battle, 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 and then rest. Nothing. Yeah, and then nothing. Yeah. Yep. And then battle, battle. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's like coming. It's like waves just keep coming and going, you know? Uh, and it just became that way for a while in the film where it was just like, you know, battle, rest, battle, rest, battle, rest. And I'm like, oof. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they're, they're getting more worn down with each yep. iteration of that. But like, it's, it, yeah, it's, and the landscape is getting less and less as the, as it goes yep. on. Yeah. Like Brian said, right, yeah, yeah, it's like, it, it's with each scene, it's like, uh, I looked up pictures <laughs> of the actual battle. It looked a lot like that. Um, so yes, the trees just like yeah, fucked and everything like that. There's the one scene where they're coming down the mount the hill and they run into the reporters. Yep, and that whole scene yeah. and stuff. Now you could say what you want about. That. I think it's very good, but mm -hmm. what's mm -hmm. really incredible about that scene is that fucking set 
looks just like photos from fucking the base of Hamburger Hill. If you look, there's a lot of photos that were taken. The crash Chewy, the boxes, the fucking, like, you know, yep. it l- literally looks just like fucking Hamburger Hill. Like, I bet you some production sales have been faked to, like, oh, this could, whatever. Like, I was blown away by that. But that, in particular, because it's just, like, you look at photos of the base of the battle, like, all the guys wounded and shit, it's fucking that. Like, it's so close. That's why I said they had to have talked to somebody. They had to have people on there that were actually there. Oh, yeah, for sure. So they, they had to have had that because it was, or they must have researched it very well. I don't know. Either way, it's like, it, yeah, it was very, because 937 is a very infamous, or oh yeah, people shit on me for saying infamous, but, like, it's not well-liked. It's not a good thing because mm-hmm. they just left the hill afterwards. Spoiler alert. Yeah. You know, well, it's, the American strategy didn't, wasn't taking land it was taking casualties you know yes and exactly and uh but anyway uh it's like yeah this is a very famous battle that happened and i don't know there, i don't think there was enough just by going on research at that point i think they had to have people there who were like yeah hey so there was a crashed huey over here and there was a ccp right here it was 17 you know, years got- after the battle it's nothing right that's that's no, like, it's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. When we were in Iraq, how many years ago? <laughs> you know, like thirteen, fourteen years ago. Yeah, Jesus it's Christ. very similar. To like, oh, yeah. hey, we're gonna start a production about you know your time in Baghdad. Two years from now, it's gonna come out. <laughs> like literally, that's the same production timeline. I have to let the dog out. You know? Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say, go let the dog out. And can, we'll... can you hear? Oh him? yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. So, oh shit. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was no, coming. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. So it's fine. Go, go let him out. I'll jump on this subject then. Right, fuck stick. One thing I really did like that was thought was really cool and that kind of as an homage to like other kind of more glorifying war films was when they have the whole um, friendly fire incident with the, the uh, Hueys and everything. I like, yeah. The mowing the guys down. But specifically in that, when the helmet rolls down the hill, the first thing I thought of was The Longest Day. Mm. When it's like, we, we paid a sacrifice to liberate France. And it was a human sacrifice. It was an American sacrifice. It was a Allied sacrifice. But we... There was a reason that we did it, and we prevailed, but there was a price. This one's the same thing, but American soldiers are killing American soldiers on a hill in somebody else's civil war for no reason. Yeah. You know, so, like, I thought that was very poignant, and I really liked that. I lo- you know, you could say, oh, it's artistic, whatever, but, like, comparing to The Longest Day, which is the only correlation I see mm-hmm. 25 years earlier, like, it's just... You're talking about in terms of using the image of the upside-down helmet. Well, just the, Paul, like, yeah, tumbling down right. the hill and stopping. Right, you yeah. Know? Because uh, uh, The Longest Day has the uh, the image of the, the upside-down helmet on the beach. Um, yeah, in the surf, you know. And it's like they could have made it where, like, Worcester dies, or, like, the, the platoon guy, he loses his helmet or whatever, you know. There's actually another scene in it where Franz, like, kills a guy with his helmet and just throws it away. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and that was interesting. It was just, like, that's just the adrenaline of just, like, ah. Right. It's, he wasn't thinking about putting his head. He was just like, something in my hands. It's not helping me in this current moment. It's now gone. He can get into the helmet. It's not a yeah. problem. I liked, um, I liked the friendly fire sequence because um, it. Uh, I liked how it was... I mean, you could have just done it by just showing it, but the fact that they showed the the officer's reaction to it. The one who is... How he can't how he can't stop yeah it. and it, well it's his fault yeah i mean he's the one who 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 is uh who's basically to blame for it, and he knows it after it's done he just he buries his head Pro- i mean obviously his men are dead but also it, i mean he's gonna get blamed for it you know and um i thought that was really 
that was really well done. I mean, I've seen friendly fire done in movies before, but never to where it's like the one who is causing it. It's oh, in, in other war films with friendly fire, it's usually always like they're completely oblivious to what's going on. The one who is like initiating it. But the fact that this guy is seeing it happen, he's just like, fuck. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was, a. It was uh, it was pretty tough. Yeah, you know, it's like this chaos that you bring upon yourself mm-hmm. and you can't end, you know, and it's like, yeah. And, you know, while we're here, this film generally has some very good acting. Yeah, I, like, I, you know, I didn't know a lot of the actors that John, Don Cheadle was really the only one I, I recognized. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it was when he was a nobody. But, uh, you know, th- there was some great solid acting throughout the whole thing. Yeah, you know, everything really added. There was maybe like one or two over the top things because of the lines and, and whatever. But like, no, there was some amazing, like just just these guys bringing their craft into it. You know, nothing else. Just, it was just very, very cool to see. Um, you know, and it's just, I love how matter of fact it is. It's like, that guy's dead. That guy is dead. You know, this is happening, whatever. We're up in the, down the hill nine times. Like, it's just, it's just facts, you know? It's again. There's none of this lofty bullshit. It's about a guy's taking a hill. It reminded me of Platoon in that way of killing off the main characters like that. Yeah, yeah. How they're just gone and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, here one moment and gone the next, and you invest so much in these people. And again, a little corny with Linguelli, you know. <laughs> but overall, yeah. it works very well. You know, um, I it just such a. Good I film. also like after once they reach the top of the hill at the end and. Um, it's all over. Uh, there is no sound at all. There is no no one speaking. Yep. There is no uh, music. Um, they just look at each other, take a swig of water, yep. pass it over, and it's or, like, yeah. Or even how like there's no boss battle of like the last Viet Cong. It's like literally the guy crawled, yeah. and then you see it's like, oh, this is this is it. This is the like you know. There's no Ho Chi Minh to fight. You know. Sorry, it's like, that made me laugh. That made me laugh. The last Viet Cong. The last Viet Cong. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah. a lot of films, it's just like, oh, you want to you want to take my hill? And it's like, oh god. We were like, soldiers for the flag guys. The last guy they killed. Yep. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But like, yeah. no, it's like literally, it's just it's so anticlimactic. And then it's like yeah. So something I okay. didn't you are. Ca- uh, care for uh, the uh, the theme song of the of the movie. I didn't really like. See, I liked it. Really, <laughs> I thought it was really I, it's, good. It yeah. sounded like the theme song to the main menu of a, one of the Army Men games for PlayStation it One. It felt <laughs> very. I'm glad you said something about that because I felt the same. But it. But you know, I think Brian and I have both heard Gallipoli soundtrack, and anything's better than that. So uh, I think well, that's why it doesn't scream. I out have not. I, I've seen it too. Yeah. Turks. Oh my God! <laughs> well, I, You'll never make it to Constantinople, or Churchill. I know what I'm looking yeah. up after this. Um, oh, it's what? biblically. <laughs> okay, it's biblically Nate rough. hasn't seen The Great Escape. You have not heard the Gallipoli soundtrack. Not. Then you run to YouTube. It's, Pause the podcast. It's, it's so bad. It's it's not. I can't wait. But I mean, well, this one it wasn't. This, this this music wasn't terrible for me. But I was just like, eh, do we really need that? Like, I don't know. It just like I said, it sounded like a like a. It's also eighty seven. I get it. Still. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, and then they, they 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 like they start playing it at the end once they're going up the hill. I'm like, turn this fucking music off! Stop it! It's ruining the scene. But like, no, no, like what Brian was saying is like, when you get to the top, there's just like, and what you said, yeah, it's like, it, just... eventually it stops. Yes, the build up to that though, they they inserted the music into yeah. it. Yeah, like, well, do it's that. you have to have that because it's like 
But here's the thing is like, I think it actually has its place because you're anticipating this grand battle, like Brian was saying, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, this, this shit's about to go down. Oh, God, here they are. And all of a sudden it just cuts off. Mm. In that case, it and does like, work with that. I just uh, wish it was different music. Sure. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's, yeah, it's fine. But like, it, it was really cool how they just sat up there and they were just like, fucking done. Yep. One cool thing I did like with music earlier in the movie is when they're at the bridge and they have the whole mortar sequence, you know, and they're like, oh, there's a fucking spot on the tree line. Mm-hmm. Well, if you listen, I, forget, I can't remember which song they're listening to, but they're listening to some Motown song. And uh, sitting on, oh, sitting, the, sitting, oh, on the, fuck, sitting on the dock of the bay, yeah, sitting on the dock of the bay, and, yep. And like when it's over, the song it's is still, still playing. playing. Yes, that was which cool. yes. shows you that like this literally was like ninety seconds. Yep. This whole action of like you know, right? Which I just love, which right? Is so they, cool because that's also never portrayed in films. Like in uh in, in a couple like series, it is like um um Generation Kill. It was where it's like it's over very quick. <laughs> But uh, what the fuck are you clowns laughing at? You're bearded, you see, the bearded fucking see, homeless wonder over here. See, no, the, the Gallipoli soundtrack. He sent me the Gallipoli soundtrack, and it sounds like lasers going off. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. It's awful. Somebody sent a fucking synthesizer. You, you, you sent him the one like where, where Mel's like running, running in yeah. the final scene. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Oh my god, it's so bad. It's like. That's like, and that's supposed to be like a I dramatic forget, like scene. I forget the term. It's like a, it's a harmonizer that you can play with like your Shit. hands in the air. It's a real instrument synthesizer, but the guy's probably playing that like. It looks like this. It's like. I mean, it, well, it, it sounds like it sounds like he just had all of these like laser sound effects queued up, and he sat on his synthesizer, and they just yes, they all literally. they all just went off. You know, this is 1981 too. <laughs> Might have been a little bit of coke involved. There's probably Who some knows? of that. Sorry, but I mean, I got I got the link. I had to listen to it. This sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, so that, that's why you fuckers like you know, fuck what I had to say. Like you're just gonna fucking. Send I him look, this. look. I was like, you're gonna send the laser gunplay li- shit. I was listening. To oh you. no, I no, just no! You it. fucking weren't. Let's I was, and then Nate. you stopped. You stopped because we were giggling. I thought. No, here's the thing. I. I, no, I didn't stop because you were giggling. I stopped because I saw your shit-eating fucking grin, the goddamn old bay hat, and your fucking shit beard, your homeless beard going on. I saw you grinning, and I'm like, okay, why is the homeless man grinning at me? And then I look and I see Brian's shit-eating grin, and I see Michael just kind of like with a weird dumb fun look on his face, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? So no, don't fucking feed that line of shit to me that you were fucking listening, Nathan, because you fucking weren't. <laughs> I thought I could. Uh, no, I, I thought I could multitask, totally listen to the soundtrack, and you can't. I thought I could, but the I didn't expect it's it. So bad. I didn't expect it to be <laughs> that. <laughs> you can't. You can't. When it's that bad, yeah. you're so focused on it because it's like, holy fuck. What Mike's saying is probably bad, but like this is fucking egregiously ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's hey, fine. It's fine. Sorry, it's my good. apology. No, no, Nathan, this is all your fault. You know, Sean lost Light Brigade, but you lost my fucking... Yeah. You lost, you lost my heart. I lost his heart. <laughs> so, what were we talking Baby. about? <laughs> Baby, come um, back. We were talking about the music, the soundtrack for this film. And, like, when they're um, doing the, sitting at the dock of the bay, yes. and, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the and then end. it just doesn't end after the firefight's over, and Brian said it's, like, 90 seconds. It's, like... Yeah, that's about what these things lasted. 
I also got a little chuckle out of the animals. Uh, we got to get out of this place <laughs> because you know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Eric Burton. Eric Burton. Man. I love. I good, love good, the good animals. fucking vocalist. I really oh, yeah. liked Doo-doo. their. Uh, I really like their choice in in vintage music for this film. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it wasn't overdone. It was like yeah. it was of the period, and um, no fortunate son. No, and well, like with the year it takes place, sixty nine. They could have easily like sh- like shoehorned in Hendrix and you like yeah CCR and it was stuff a lot like of cool. That. Yeah, um, they could have, but they also had uh, Ed, um, no um, uh, Spencer Davis. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is you know um, um, Steve Winwood mm-hmm. when he was like sixteen. Do 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 do. Yeah, yep. <laughs> it's fucking dude. Spencer Davis group. That was good mm-hmm. shit. And, like, it was good because that came out in 66, so it would have been a hit Yep, still on the radio in 69. That's what I often and think about when I watch period movies and, like, whatever year the movie is supposed to take place, they have songs from that year that are playing. It's like, you could have songs from a couple years before that playing. Oh, yeah, that are still hits, still hits. being yeah. rocked on the fucking radio every day. Yeah. Like, you know, they could have had fucking Crimson and Clover, right? Yeah, yeah, 68. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Crimson. They could have had that. They could have had that. Oh. They, you know, whatever. Like, because that was a fucking hit. Mm-hmm. But like, they, they, you know, they they chose really good music. Like, it wasn't all from that year. Yeah. So I can't yeah, remember. I agree with you. I wrote a scripture for my TV show about Vietnam War nurses, and I did a lot of research on music, and I chose some really crazy shit. But I can't fucking remember that stuff now. But there's so much stuff you can apply. And like you're saying, you know, it doesn't have to be songs made in that year because a lot of times they choose songs like 1968, and the battle happened like January, and it's like, well, that didn't come out till. September and it wasn't like a, a billboard hit until November. right, yeah, like a, so right. Yeah, a it, lot of Armed Forces Radio is not going to pick it up. Yeah, is yeah, you no. know as soon as the fucking yeah. you know you mean some Dave Rapid guy is going to take at least two months to fucking get a <laughs> right to throw on. So you got to get a fucking record over there. You know, yeah. it's like and you got to figure out what's actually popping or an A track. You know, like, yeah. Well, that was very <laughs> new. CB at that Radio, point, but like yes, yeah. it was still sixties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also um, the shitty sound quality compared to a fucking uh, an LP. Like oh, for sure. Yep. So yeah, they'd, they'd have probably gone with the LPs, but like yeah, A track was fun. Um, so one thing I have in my notes we haven't touched on yet is uh, the the what the Vietnamese um, hostess says when they're at the uh, the bar at that one point where it's like, oh, when you Americans are done with your war, you know, I thought that was a very interesting statement. <laughs> the to guy put. gets pissed off. Yeah, yeah. because yep. you know, you when you talk about the Vietnam war in Vietnam, it's the American war, you know, and before that is the French war. And then there is the Japanese, you know, second world war. Like, you know, the, there's a very good part in the beginning of Weaver soldiers where, um, Moore goes over to Vietnam and he meets with gap, the, you know, the one, the general that was there. And basically there's a, in the Vietnamese history museum in, in, uh, Ho Chi Minh city, which is now Saigon or was Saigon. Um, there's like basically a big thing of conflicts from the Vietnamese history on the wall. And in retrospect, the American war is about this big on a about an inch big on a wall that's like probably eight feet long. You know, it's just one Mm -hmm. small chapter in the Vietnamese people's fight for independence and to make their own country. You know, so it is the American war. In reality, these people just wanted peace. They didn't give a shit who it was, just like kind of the Russian population in Belarus was like incumbency. They really didn't care who the overlord is. Just let us live. Just let us have bread. Just let us like have some sense of normalcy. Who nobody cares. Oh my God, you know. And it's just oppressed people. That's just what they do. So they don't give a shit. And how the American, obviously, he's taking it fucking to heart. Like, what the, what do you mean, my war? Like, I'm here for you, XYZ, you know, domino theory. Um, but I think it was great. And that really just 
gets the point of the time. You know, they wanted peace too. They didn't want you know a myriad they of, let the of fuck soldiers. Alone. You, know? you know, exactly. It's like Iraq and Afghanistan. Like when I was in Iraq, all these people wanted it was just to live their lives, and it's like, yeah, just live your life. Like if you got a dictator, okay. Is it better than us coming in there and telling you how to live your life? You know, with guns and like, it's so different, really. Not to get political. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going that route, but I'm just like saying it's very comparable to like what she said to him. It's your war. Yeah. You know, and it's like time and place. You're here 10 years ago. Somebody else was here 10 years before that. Somebody else was here 10 years from now. There might be somebody else. Like, just leave us the tired alone, you know? And little did they know that after we left, the Chinese would try to take them over and they kicked the shit out of them, which yeah, is fine. Right. <laughs> this is in like two months. The two, the two Sino-Vietnamese wars. Oh, my God. They even made a dragon figure about that. <laughs> That's how much oh, you fucked man. up. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. They, dude, they, they fucked the Chinese up and I, I, you know, it's like whatever. That's a really cool impression for people that like military stuff. Oh, my God. Fucking crazy shit. You can do so much. But yeah, anyway, oh, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's fucking insane. But like, uh. Um, yeah, getting back to it, that's a very good point. And like, I like that too. Like, the, the little aspects that they put in here are just like things that, you know, yes, yes, guess what? Um, uh, American GIs, they fucked a lot of Vietnamese chicks. A lot. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously. I like, like, no, no, I know, I know. I just, I like, because we didn't, we didn't have the same. In a black VD platoon, the Philippines will never let you back to the States. Dude. On a, on a serious note, um, we were not allowed to do any of that shit. It happened, yes, but not on, on the scale that it did. Right, yeah. Because it no, was more I, locked yeah. down. Yeah. The aforementioned dude. Or no, no, no. Whoa, different whoa, dude. whoa, 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 whoa. Marine tanker. I, I saw the Hurt Locker. He just walked off base. I mean, come on. You know. <laughs> you, are you telling me the Hurt Locker's wrong? Yeah. Actually, no, that part's not. <laughs> oh, because I, I, I know guys personally who did that, but like <laughs> very few and far, very few and far between. However, there's another guy that I know who was uh, a tanker on an M48, the guy I was telling you about earlier. I'm not going to say his name or anything. He was a Marine and he was there, I think, in 67 or 60, 67, 68, or 68 to 69. E- either way, um, guy's an old dude, reenactor, and, uh, he was telling me, he's like, yeah, I had this girlfriend, you know, when we were, you know, monsoon season came and we weren't really doing much. And we go out and have these massive beach parties. You roast a hog and, you know, drink a shitload of beer, get fucked up. And he's like, my girlfriend was a Vietnamese French chick. So, like, her mom got knocked up by some French soldier. She was half Vietnamese, half French. And he's like, oh, she was fucking beautiful. And a great fuck. And this guy is like white hair with a beard, you know, like old dude telling me this shit. Like he's like 19 again. And he's like, we used to sit there and we used to get fucked up on the beach, eat a bunch of food, drink a shitload. And we just fuck all night on the beach. And I'm like, oof. (laughs) And I'm like, really? He's like, oh, she was a fucking freak. He's like, oh, it was amazing. And I'm like, Okay, cool. <laughs> like this guy's like in his seventies, right? And he's just like, oh, she was a great fuck. And then you know, then we talked about like his you know time when he was doing like the combat shit. But like that was like more just he also was pretty nonchalant about that. He's like, yeah, we did this, we did that, blah blah. blah. 
but he he loved reflecting on like the fact that for like half the year when he was there, he was like on a beach getting drunk, eating fucking roast hog over an open fire. Like literally trying hot, to beat shit. <laughs> yeah, fucking a hot Vietnamese chick. Like, <laughs> and then he's like, cool. he loved it. I, I have the adverse yeah. of that. We're like, this guy's in country for 11 months. He's, I think he's 173rd. And then he re-ups. So what would happen is they give you a month of R&R wherever you're choosing in, in Southeast Asia. Um, and then you'd go back for six months. And then basically, a lot of guys did that so they didn't have to go into the army after they got back from Vietnam. They could just I, go home. I'm basically. aware. I'm aware. And yep. uh, Well, for yep. people that don't know. Anyway, he, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm he, sorry. He, yeah, yeah. he chose Taipei. You can go to Tokyo. You go to Taipei. That's, you go to Thailand. Yes. You could go yes. to Australia as well. But he ended up at Taipei. And he had a great time for a month. He said, we we're all over the island and stuff. Got back to Vietnam. And first inspection, the clap. Fucking, he was stuck in a goddamn That's hospital for like a month. You know? <laughs> so uh, I based this jungle fatigue jacket off of 1st Aviation Brigade, E5. My friend, he's dead now. But uh, Duncan Campbell fucking went over there in 68 and was a crew chief on a UH-1. And he flew missions in and out of the A. Shaw Valley. Right? He was stationed at Long Bin. But he flew missions in and out of the Shaw Valley, and he said it was really fucked up. It wasn't great. And um, he said one time they were, uh, they were going into the Shaw to drop off supplies to these guys and pick up wounded and all that shit. And he was sitting there, and all of a sudden they see this white streak coming right fucking for him. And he told, he told the pilot, he's like, bank left. And then he banked left, and the fucking RPG went right through the fucking rotors, <laughs> like f- between them, as it was going. And he's like, "Oh my!" He's a, he's a pretty religious guy, and he's like, "God was on my side that day." And he's like, "I would have been fucking dead, and so would have all the other guys, because we were about three hundred feet up in the air, and we've been fucked." And he's like, "But we landed, we dropped off the fucking ammo and the rats, and then we got a couple wounded on, and we got the fuck out of there." And um, that guy was so cool. He also went on leave. He had the same exact story that you were saying. He's like, <laughs> they offered me, they were like, because you had to do a three-year enlistment. And then mm-hmm. they said, hey, if you re-up for six months in Vietnam, um, we'll give you a month's leave. And then you come back for six months and then you go home. And he's like, Jesus Christ, it's been a hell of a year. But like, okay. So he did that. Because he wanted to get out of the army early. He was like, I'm done. Fucking, this is the best option. So he was a spec five, which is why I'm wearing this. And he goes, and they're like, where do you want to go on leave? He's like, Taipei. And, he, and Duncan, very big dude when I met him, right? Very big dude. Um, he's like, I went to Taipei. And he's like, those girls there? He's like, you... It, it's not even comparable to any American chick. He's like, he's like, they'll fuck you raw. And I'm like, oh, again, this is like a 60-something-year-old dude, you know, like white hair, fucking beard, you know, long hair. And he's like, they'll fuck you. Oh, man, these chicks were so fucking... And he's just going on about this, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, right? And I'm like 18 at this point, you know, like... And he's just going on. He's like... He'd tell me stories but like in detail. I won't, I won't talk about it on here, but he's like, yeah, these fucking chicks, dude. They introduced me to a lot of shit, and then I tried that on the American chicks when I got back, you know? And uh, it didn't work. He's like, yeah, I had a lot of problems, you know, trying to get a girlfriend, then he got married and everything. But like, um, 
God. <laughs> but the, just the the like graphic shit that he said was fucking great. But he also went, yeah, he went to Taipei for like three weeks. He went back to Vietnam for a few months and um, he survived. He did his shit. And then he went home and he's like out of the army. Thank God. And he's like, I'm starting my life over. So that's, that's it. He did that. That's why I made this, um, this kind of like patch, like jungle fatigue shirt for him. He, he was a fucking really cool dude. He's fucking hilarious. <laughs> fucking hilarious. He was a bouncer. Like he worked at a bar. He was a bartender and he was also a bouncer and like just a fucking awesome. Dude. He was about six foot four. Just a big dude. But yeah, he was, he's, yeah, anyway. Um, but my, he did the uh, same thing. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is actually from Death Wish 3. And it's from the old veteran who's got like all the machine guns and stuff. <laughs> of course. And he, well, it, listen, you're talking, it, about, funny uh, you're talking like, about Martin. He's fucking, I, don't, I don't know if I can trust. Like, I don't know talking if about I can Mark, trust a quote from a movie, from a movie with yeah. a three well, in it, by listen, the way. Let's talk about Martin Balsam. He's, yes. Okay. He's like, fuck are these kids today. We were running the world 20 years ago. You know, and it's like, it's so true. You know, we look at these people and their gray hair and everything. And, oh, you know, thank you for your service. Like Mike just sent a funny meme to us the other day where it's like these old couple, like this young <laughs> yep. couple, thank you, old guy. Thank you for your service. And like, it's this dude like riding tanks and shooting people and fucking in Vietnam. Smoking weed. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like, just thank you for your service. Getting, you know? getting fucked up. But like, you know, and, you know, the Vietnam vets, like, here's the thing is like a lot of their shit, they said it was fun. Like when they were, when they, when they were having fun, you know, like. They said it was like, yeah, we got drunk and high and fucking, it was great. We were fucking hot chicks and whatever. And they're like, yeah, the, the bad times though, like when they describe that, it's, it's a little bit different how they talk, but like it is what it is. So it's my buddy, my Afghan Soviet vet friend goes, I can talk about it, but I have to drink later. You know, he was like, yeah, Yeah. it's fine. But you know, I I need time. Um, It's just just weird to like see mm -hmm. these guys that like, you know, I respect them. Like there's a lot of shitty Vietnam vets, by the way. It's not like ingratiating all the Vietnam because I've met a lot of them that are really shitty people. Just to begin with, they were shitty before they joined or got drafted, and they were shitty when they were in, and they were shitty when they got out, and they're still shitty. But the ones that are cool, my God, are they fucking great to talk to? Because they're these old dudes. I never had grandfathers, so I didn't really get that vibe. Like I never really got that growing up. But like, um, it's like talking to your grandfather, right? Long beard, white hair. And they're they're literally talking to you like they're fucking 19, 20 years old again. Yeah, I was fucking this chick and like, you know, her friend wanted to join in and whatever. And it's like, what? Whoa! Well, you know, it's like, <laughs> not what I'm used to. It's even, like... Even the Second World War, you know, like you hear the joke about sailors, you know, screwing around the world and everything. My grandfather oh, yeah. was in the Coast Guard for a few years. Yeah. And, and when he passed away, he found all his effects. And the, there was like a photo album that had like 20 pages in it. And the only first 10 pages had photos in it. And there's nothing till the very last second to last page like almost hidden and you open it up and there's probably about 25 girls photos and the only <laughs> thing with them is the city so there's san francisco there's normia <laughs> there's wellington oh there's you know it's like funny it's like oh my god he fucking didn't know these chicks except for anything about where they were you know and that's just how he <laughs> like oh new orleans is a good time you know it's fucking hysterical so again well it's like i'm pretty sure i've got i've got relatives in the south of france i'm pretty sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, I, I'm almost positive because it's like I mean these guys, but it's just Nate's got a little brother on Saipan. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> we always think about like the old guys as like these guys that are just very, you know, um, stoic and like very moral. And it's like, hey, guess what? They were our age. Yeah, they were, they were young once. Mm-hmm. 
They did the same shit. They were fucking around. They were boozing in Vietnam. They're doing weed and everything. It's like, okay, cool. Growing up, I had yeah. a fucking a mentor that lived near a lake, like near me, and he was just an awesome guy. He was a millionaire and shit. He was a, actually a Vietnam War Cobra pilot vet. Didn't talk about it really at all, but was just like loved life ever since he didn't die in country and just gave things to everybody. And he was just a really awesome dude, you know. And just shows like some of them get back, you know. So I lived through this, so I'm gonna let other people just enjoy what I can enjoy. That's a lot of the guys that I met that were in Vietnam that were like in the shit. Like they're just really happy that they were able to live their lives. Because they're mm-hmm. like, you know, I didn't have I didn't have friends that could do that. And so yeah. they're really Even happy. Even the quote at the end of the film, you know, they're like, take a minute and do things for them because they can't, you know? Right. And it's like, live for them because you can. So. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, it's uh, getting back on the film, but like, it, it's relevant to the film, too. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. So this is the time where we head to IMFT. Is it gun time? So. It is gun time. Award its worth. Award its worst. Men into their best. So Ugh. it's time. <laughs> uh, okay. What do we got? Yep. They did not get I the bolts correct on this. I didn't see any part. M16s. What are you talking about? Well, I thought that I thought that they were using AR-47s. <laughs> they were using yeah. They were using mocked up 16. A1s. They did look good though. But the, the the phosphate bolt carrier assembly, like that's a telltale. That's what we were soldiers got that right when they had the chrome plated bolt carrier assemblies. The taped together yes. mags are so fucking cool. And I love how it's fucked up too. Or are the radius correct? Um, yeah, they're 77. Well, there should be 25s. Um, the, there were two radius in Vietnam, basically, or there were a few of them, but the yep. really famous ones are the 25 and 77s. The only difference is the 77 is solid state and the 25 is tubes. Uh, they look the exact same from the outside. I used to collect Vietnam War radios, and I reenacted RTO, which means radio telephone officer, for a few years. And there's operator, some, a lot of oh, operator, whatever. But there's a lot of shit that goes into it, and no, they look great, but the radios are correct. So it was cool to see the carabiners as well, even though it really yeah. wasn't too correct. But it's it's the well, cre- they're no, correct, actually, but, but the, the drop rope, a, I mean. Oh, the drop rope. Yeah, I yeah. don't know why they had that. Well, they're, they're trying airborne, to show but it's like, yeah, yeah it's like, yeah. So what's with the tape under the eye? Um, uh, I think you got, got a cut, stretch. I guess. I don't know, but yeah. it's just okay. like uh, Martin Sheen in Apocalypse Now. He has the same thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I so love those, how clean those he are is. A1, those are A1 lowers. You can see with the full fence. Mm-hmm. And he's got a waffle mag. Oh, go up. He's got a fucking no, waffle think, mag. No, it's a shadow. It's the shadow. That's a shadow. The shadow of the Took sling. Okay, I hope so. It's the sling, it's in yeah. The, it's in the perfect fucking position to be a waffle mag. Anyway. Yeah, and how dirty they get, too. There's so many great scenes where, like, this, the M16s are covered. Yeah, these okay. are A1s. The, the lowers are A1s. They're just mocked up. Well, MGCs? Oh, interesting. They were very oh, yeah. common back then. Rubber duck, yep. Yep, fuck yeah, that's not a rubber duck. No, no, no. That's that's an M- that's an MGC Japanese replica. That's not a rubber duck. How cover? They made wow. MP40s, Thompsons. They made everything in the 60s and the 70s. How can you so tell it's a replica? Well, because it's not a rubber duck because right it's two different colors. <laughs> no, I didn't say it was a rubber duck. I'm asking, how do you tell it's a um the oh because they mention it or MGC. And also, they use a bolt instead of a a push pin in the front part of the receiver to keep them together. You can see it's an Allen key. It screws into itself. So.
AK. Uh, are these 47s or 56s? That's that a 47. Be? Yep. Yeah, no bayonet. Yeah. They had 56s in Platoon, though, right? Or, well, apparently. Yeah, they have them yeah, in this, like, too. Type 56. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. 56. Yep. Interesting. I don't remember him firing it, but I do remember him picking it up. Yeah. He, he fires it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he does. I think one of them has the sight or the rear sight up or something, or it might be an SKS, but. So I thought it was interesting they had an M60 instead of a uh, an MVA gun. Because Super they legit. They probably. Yeah, well, no, it, it, it probably is 100% legit, and I know it's legit, but. You think about it; it's a stand-in for not having a a PKM, a PKM, or RPD, or or a deep, or even a DP twenty-eight, or whatever. Yeah. What would have been? But in sixty-nine, by by sixty-nine, that that would have been totally. What would have been bad is if they tried to dress it up or something like that. The fact that they were just the fact that they were up front making dishka. Yeah, the fact they were that they (laughs) were up front with it was good. I was like, okay, that's a captured weapon, and they're acknowledging that. Yeah, Yeah. and you and you can and you can come to that conclusion very easily. Oh, so. yeah. Yep. Very cool. And nice as the SKSs as well. You don't see them too yes, much in films. because they were widely used. Oh, by that's the funny. NBA. His front int- sight is full of dirt. <laughs> His, oh, maybe his muzzle is too. That's funny. Yeah. Well, it might be a BFA as well. True. But the, the uh, sight's be, definitely. Yeah. Yep. Even some bayonet action. <laughs> Yeah, he definitely pick sticks them pretty hard. Yeah, not good. Yeah, yep. yeah. The front sight's up, or the the rear sight is up. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, 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 yep. But in combat, like you're not actually looking down the sights. That's the thing. Is like, I can see where that would have it. It flipped up. You you dove mm-hmm. or whatever. Yep. Now I I really love the fact they had SKSs. That was fucking cool. I, yeah, it's it's great because that was a ext- an extremely common mm-hmm. firearm. Like. Just as much as the AK and the Type 56. Yeah. Even more so, so at, at some points. Yeah, because they, they the dumped a shitload of them. By so. the crate. Oh, yeah. Yep. All that shit came down the trail. Yeah, the M60. That's the Vietnam War one, too, with the correct, uh, what do you call it, pistol grip. Because a lot of one, modern ones you see are have the E4s or the later. Yep. It's cool to see. A lot of good yeah, pig action. He also doesn't have his sight up. Do you notice that? Go up a little bit, Nate. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, so mm-hmm. it's it's the it's the kind of uh, transverse or inverse of the uh, SKS. Like, you need the sight up on the M60 to actually accurately fire. Yep. But that just proves that they're not looking down the sights; they're just kind of aiming, which you don't need sights when you're that close. T- talking t- talking about actors, just real quick. I I know we kind of said like it, the only one that I think is relevant now is Don Cheadle, really. Of, of like a mainstream actor, but it's very interesting to see that they went with a lot with no name actors for this. I yeah, yes. I like it when the, I like it when war movies do that. Honestly, like uh, yeah, same yeah, like, no. like a Band of Brothers in the Pacific. Like obviously, though, a lot of those actors went on to be things later, but right, but like they like Queen, yeah, yeah, but like they choose really <laughs> good like theater actors, you know, yeah, yeah, yep. like um, like I was very impressed with uh. Uh, 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 Dylan McDermott's mm-hmm. uh, character in portrayal because I don't normally see anything that he has done other than, uh, god damn it, it's a half sneeze. Zoom tight. Uh, 
No, that that was that wasn't even well, worth the effort, Nate. No, it wasn't. Nate. Stop. Bless halfway. you, Christian Cause I, soldier. Because I tried. Because I tried. I to was stop expecting it. that microphone so. to blow out, and it didn't. Well, because I I stifled it, and it wasn't even like For worth fuck's it. Sake. Yeah. Don't ever stifle a fucking yeah. sneeze. You're not a woman, dude. Good. Come on. Oh. I was trying not to sneeze full tilt into it because if I said I have to sneeze, Mike would say don't sneeze, and then I'd get stuck and I get blue balled again. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, Remember that. Yeah. So, so anyway, yeah, good, good, uh, good performances. Oh shit, we didn't even bring this up—the friendly fire, the blue on blue. We t- we, we you, did when you, you were walked we did to, when you were a dog, get the dog oh, out. When I was when I was yeah, yeah I was dog, yeah. dog out. Okay, yeah. But I, I, yeah. what I said um, during so. what I loved about that, I'll just reiterate mm-hmm. for you, is that um, I uh, the fact that it was concentrating on the guy who was like calling it in, the the officer. Yeah, and yep. he was like freaking the fuck out because not only are his men dying, but like. That's gonna be blamed on him, you know. And that shit still happens to yeah. this day, and it's like it's fucking bad. But yeah, and it, it's cool too how like you the belts. I mean, if you look at Commando, like with their M sixty sequences and stuff, like the belt never ends, and and different shots with different lengths. But with this is cool because like you see at certain points where guys like they finish a belt and they move, they run out, and, and they're, they're like, like, I need, yeah, I need fucking ammo. You know? And you, know? you can clearly tell, like in this shot, that it's it's blanks. In the next okay? shot, he's got the cosmetic rounds. But it's why? It's, yeah, but, I but mean, here's but here's the thing: he's got actual rounds here. Yes. those are dummy rounds. But no, those I, are dummies. No, but he's no, got... I know. But like, it's it's the it's the it's the. I'm just saying, like normally you don't even have dummy rounds around blank ammo anyway. But the thing I noticed, those, are those blanks fired? Those are no. no those are M60 blanks. No, those blanks. are the good those blanks. Are the go, those okay. are the actual government blanks, and they're wax tipped. They're like okay, the M nineteen or nines, but they're for. There's M60. a little I've paper never, like never wad in the very tip of them. Okay, that's um, what my question you can't was. See okay, it. yeah, okay. yeah, and uh, they're they're actually they cycle well because they have the same shape, the full and length, and everything. Yeah. Full, now yeah. go down, and so. he has the cosmetic rounds in there now. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it, it like movie caught like uh, rounds that are that are uh, not live rounds like dummy rounds. They're called cosmetic rounds, and they have BBs inside them, so you can shake them and know that they're. Except on the set of oh, Rust. Oh, but. Brian. <laughs> Jesus. Oh! Oh! <laughs> oh! But yeah, I, I have heard that they they have they, BBs. Yeah, so like, that's, that's a, probably what those... So anytime like you see those like loaded into a gun like that, they're, they're called cosmetic rounds. In Europe, a really big thing to do because of all the gun laws is to collect ammunition. And that's how they demail all the ammunition. So it's like, oh, you shake them all and everything. So, But no, it's cool. And the 60s, when they're blank adapted right, they work great. And fucking, there's and so these, many good scenes were, in this where they these they're were shooting. Great. Yep. Oh yeah, you know, because usually you know it's three rounds jam, three rounds jam. Oh, and I think in this scene they're shooting real ammo, because if you look at the fucking casings, they're real. It wasn't long enough to really tell, but I swear to God, fucking. I don't know if they a did real that, sixty sequence but from the might, angle and everything. Well, it no, makes but also, sense, also, but. also, dude, the blanks that are fired like from that mm-hmm. look very like. The 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 um what the fuck the, the good the, the good blanks you're saying the good blanks mm-hmm. like they're they look like ejected casings like live rounds when they're on the ground so mm-hmm. oh yeah, they no, also I... could have just gotten a fucking bunch of uh, spent live rounds and thrown them on there as a detritus very true yep so. it just wasn't long enough but I, I swear by the angle and shit I'm just like I don't see any the, blanks I, I don't think photo. they would have done that just for that one little scene but like you never that's know. my opinion that's my opinion yep oh yeah, yeah the M60Ds yep oh yeah. Now, you know, it's a it's a trope that all the gunner helicopters or the Huey helicopters like M, like M60s and shit were mounted fixed like that. A lot of times they were free form. 
and the guys would hang off the fucking sides of shit and they had slings or whatever. So it's a little bit of a trope that whatever. It's just a movie thing that I hate. Um, well, by reality, 69, lo- by 69, they would have had the, the D's on. No, but movie. still, if read, a, read yeah. some fucking Gunner memoirs. Half of them fucking didn't have it mounted because you can't get yeah. to half the angles without it, you know? Right. I remember like, the MCCD is a, with that mount, like go up a little bit, Nate. That's the, cla- that's the factory style. But in country, most of the guys freehanded them. I've also read conflicting things, like not con- not conflicting. Like it depends on a lot of different like, things, yeah. but again, if you look at most photos and shit, they free it. I have one this, memoir. This guy's it, got the fucking. He's got the guide, like the belt. The belt oh yeah. Guide well, again, there. this is this is your you know standard you know bell helicopter. Oh, this is what happens. But with that yeah, pistol mount oh. though, it's it's pretty free. Like you can tell it's bent. Like he's he's going this way and that way. And again, like, when you look at a lot of photos, they're on slings. So I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm saying it's just way overdone. It's like, oh, the Sherman blew up in one shot. It's like, oh, there's a fucking fixed. No, M60 but here's the thing: is usually a movie, usually in movies, they get the regular M60 on a pintle mount like that with the fucking pistol grip. Oh no, yeah, I understand the D is correct. Yeah, but I'm this, saying this is really cool though. Like, like the D oh, yeah. is like you can actually still request these for the 240 Bravo. Oh really? Oh, that's interesting. Oh yeah, you you definitely can. Um, hmm. you don't always get them, but like a spade grip when you're on a mounted position like that, yeah. It, it makes it so much because you're 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 behind the gun. You're not on the gun, and that's yep. probably why a lot of these guys, like early on, slung them, is because it's like, well, if I'm on a pintle, I'm very restricted because mm-hmm. I'm on the gun. <clears throat> if you can get behind it, you've got a lot more leverage to angle that shit. And it's there was insane. Seahawks were these um, Hueys that were uh, gunships basically, and they still had machine gunners. And mm-hmm. uh, they fucking all those guys. They would wear the uh, the like crewman plates and stuff, and they would actually hold the sixties upside down. And the fucking they would eject off their um, fucking what do you call it, armor and like bounce off of it. And that's how they would do it. They literally figured out a system to shoot an M sixty upside down that was easier than to do anything else. So helicopter stuff gets really insane in Vietnam. You just got to read a shit ton of memoirs and photos. But I'm just saying it's a trope when you see a, like a fixed fucking Huey in every single thing. It's like it no, but this one I think but it's cool it. that they have a D though. No, I agree with you. I think I mean, in this one, yeah. this particular case, they did it right. So. There was an interesting uh, picture I saw, I think, last week. There was a vintage photo of a guy having a Coke can right underneath the... So, yes. you want to know the story yes, behind that? A lot yeah. of times they were sea ration cans, too, and I have a yeah, really I was funny just, story. I was just going to say, yeah, correct. You're right, Brian. So, yep. yeah, early on, they um, they had this, like, mount that would, like, click onto the side of the 60, and it sucked shit. It, like, didn't work at all, yeah. especially in the field and everything. So what guys figured out really quickly is that, because it was a little spring mount that was this big, a sea rat can would fit perfectly in it. Like, like perfectly. So they would do sea rat cans um, or Coke cans or whatever was the applicable size. But sea rats because they were steel in, and Coke cans were aluminum. In, in certain instances of combat, you could explode the cans. And I have a memoir somewhere. I forget where it was. But, like, basically this guy was in a fucking heavy firefight. You know, everything. He had a tomato sea rat can on his fucking 60. And <laughs> so much of the belt rolled over the top of it. It got the hand the can hot and like made the metal very thin and exploded it. So he's shooting all of a sudden like belt blows up and he's all red. He's like, Oh, oh my God. Hit. He thought he yeah. was hit. And he's like, he's trying to do everything. And like, he can't find anything. And his egg gunner's like, calm down. And he's like, what? And he points to the can and the can is just ripped open. And like, it's That's like a, all this tomato start, juice on it. Puncturing them too. I read that. Yep. They would start. Yeah. Punching that was, them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So that didn't happen, but yeah, it was yep. pretty crazy. So, it, but the, the, yeah, yeah, that's a very common thing. And after the war, they switched it to a different system where it's a nylon bag that clips onto a system that's like a side feed plate, mm. um, and it works really good. And actually, towards the end of the war, you see that's how they carry the ammunition in M60 Bandoliers. Um, mm-hmm. But long story short, yeah, that that metal 
clip with the sea rat can or the coke whatever that that's vietnam you know that's exactly how it was done and now i think about it i don't remember that in this i, I can't i didn't really pay attention no because they, they had they had the guides well, had, but on the ground though, the M60s. I don't. Do they have? Oh, no, I didn't. See, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it. No, I didn't see it. Scroll up for a minute, Nathan. I, I, I think, I think any, they had the later style. On, 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 the only time I saw, I a little the further. Picture, the only picture I've seen is actually in the helicopters, but I. Didn't oh, see it, it was on the ground anywhere. too. Yeah, but oh, that's so they do have the later style M60s then, um, or at least they don't have the cans. But yeah, that is the later style. You can see the the bracket facing down on the bottom. So that's a little wrong, but that, I mean, that's a little, we're getting really niche right now, but yeah, the C-Rat Coke can thing is really, really cool. Oh, yeah. The 50 yeah. cal. 50 cal making a We've never seen this film. in a film before. No, no. never. Well, it's actually no. real 50 cal. So that's a, that's a plus. <laughs> yeah. This was cool to see the M79. The, also here, here, here's the thing. Here's the issue I had with this. They got all the sound effects of the explosions, right? The fucking sound effect for this thing going off was so bad. Really? Thump. The thump. Bunk. The thump. It's like, it's a loop. Yes. Tube go fluk. So what, what does it sound like then? It sounds like an M203. Like you, you've seen videos of Punk. like a 203 mm-hmm. going it's a off. It's, it's a chunkier. It's a chunkier loop. <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, it's hard to explain. You'd have to hear it, but like, it's not what they had in the film. I guarantee okay. you. Um, they're, it's just, it's like this, god damn, I can't even replicate it. Like, yeah, I can't. But um, it's not what they had. And it's funny because the impact was what it sounds like when it hits, but like, what the fuck? So. This is Han. Just love that quote. <laughs> Chew Chew yep. That was a thing, too. I, know, I have a shitload of the fucking yeah. bags in my possession. Like, yeah, they had bags that you would keep magazines them. in, and whenever you'd rip them open, it's on the, the wrapper it said, you know, Chuhoi Surrender Program. And uh, it actually was a trope that guys would literally just join it to fatten up and go back into the field. Be like, yeah, I got some information from these idiots. Let's go attack this base. Like, yep. that was a thing. So, yeah, the laws, they probably should be 66s, to be honest. Uh, by, by 69, they would have had the 72s. True, but I mean, when in doubt, 66s are always right in Vietnam. But it's a right. very small thing. But by 69, they would have probably had the 72s. Mm-hmm. Not the A1s, but like the regular. Yeah. So. Well, it's whatever crate showed up, you know? I mean, that's yep. the thing. Good, good old two world wars. Good old Browning high power. Yep. <laughs> pew pew. <laughs> so, don't insult the fucking high power like that. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, I was back when you had two arms. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, how are you going to reach yeah. that fucker now? Right. M26. It's an M61. It's not an M26. By that Lemonade. time, it would have been fucking 61. Because yeah, they, it clip. says here in a real life, there's supposed to be M61. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. Some sort of trainer grenades. Cool to see lemons, though. Yeah, that's You see have. a lot of baseballs. Well, the 67. No, no, the baseballs, like. They came out in 1967, but like just like the gear, they weren't issued until like like an, on, a, on a big scale until like the early 70s, and then by that time it was like most of the units had gone, and you know, it's very they were used definitely, but like not th- this unit would have had uh, 61s. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Uh, M18, yeah, weird. It's cool to see. Always love M18 on a Vietnam War. 
You're fooling. See, told you, told you. Right I'm not there. gonna. I'm not gonna say a fucking thing. I'm not gonna say a fucking thing. <laughs> it's wrong. It has a hole in it. The chai con grenade. It's because it's the same image they use for every page. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not. Know, yeah. It's this. What the wait? Wait, what? Oh. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's that's when the uh, Motown gets killed. I thought this was a stick, and I was like, "Why did you show oh, yeah. it?" That's a very bad. There's so many yeah. other good a, grenade scenes. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, yeah. There's on. there's there's a scene where they're throwing him in the trench, and you can actually see it against like smoke and everything. Yeah, but here it's like I, I thought that was a stick. There's literally, there's literally barrages of them. I mean, it's fucking yeah. cool. Oh yeah, platforms, bulldogs. Oh, M41s or I think 41s and 47s are the same, or I'm getting that wrong. Uh, the 41 was earlier, and the 47, I think, was an updated version of. Yeah, I, I have to see. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, not American. Oh, <laughs> the F4 Phantoms Vulcan. It's funny, much better. I guess they had a better budget, or they used the planes that Platoon couldn't use for their movie because they were both in the Philippines. <laughs> like fucking... F4 Phantoms are fucking awesome planes. Oh, yes. Yeah, yep. they beat the hell out of like the silhouette uh, going across the night sky. Yeah. <laughs> that's not yeah, right. CG. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that looked bad. That I don't was know. real. I'm going gonna, gonna to make uh, a cut out of that forever and bring that up from now on. So like... make, it, make that a gift, dude. <laughs> yeah. Me. Oh my god. Right? That was, yeah. no, it was, that good was baffling shit. when I saw that. Right. <sighs> well, we now have moved on to final thoughts. To start, I'd like to get your opinion, Michael. I mean, this is your first time seeing yeah, everything. Yeah. Um, I. Uh, I kind of knew going in that it was. I mean, I had, I had never I had heard that it was good, so I was like, okay, you know, probably see something good. Um, I liked it. I think I might have even liked it a bit more than I like Platoon, because um, I'm not like a Platoon lover, as I've uh, uh, as I have said. Um, and I, you're a Platoon whore, <laughs> is what you are. But, hey. Nobody's Black VD, yeah, track. you know, yeah, but <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> uh, cut that cut that out yeah cut that i'm sorry that was bad that's that that wasn't that wasn't right you didn't yeah. deserve that michael <sighs> choose a different insult well, that's going too far the fact son. that you all you all know what the fuck that is like, because of you <laughs> <laughs> oh that's right because of the, okay uh, anyway it's I'm, okay. I'm done I'm um, stop you're the reason for the safety yeah. brief. <laughs> but uh, literally have been several times. But uh, so I, um, I, I think yeah, I, I, I like. I thought it was a uh, in terms of something that's like platoon. I thought it, I thought it was uh, just a bit, a bit more up my up my alley. And um, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> sorry go for it go 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 sorry just wrong terminology after the insult it's worse it was uh it was more uh, more my my uh no. all self what can i say yeah yeah, yeah. No. i liked it <laughs> uh um uh i'm going to give it a uh I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. What'd you give Platoon? Do Decent. you remember? I do not. Maybe like a, a maybe one. like a seven or something. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, but no, I I, uh, I thought it was good. Um, I can't believe I hadn't seen it before. Um, it's just one of those movies that I just missed. 
but uh, I, uh, yeah, solid fucking Vietnam film that's just about, you know, fucking battle, you know, just trying to, trying to live through it, and uh, good shit, so 7.5 out of 10, so um, Nate, you uh, seem like you're wide awake and ready to uh, give your opinion. Yeah, I'm uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, no, it, um, again, it's like I, I come down to a movie where I don't know enough of the history surrounding the film, so in my my deep dive knowledge isn't as kind of like, you know, pertains like, you know, master and commander or April 9th or, you know, anything like that. So I can't really nitpick any kind of particulars, but, uh, I guess something I can nitpick or, or talk about in length is like cinematography and editing. And, uh, uh, this film has really good, uh, of both. Um, to me, I think it, it warrants a pretty good, um, uh, taken my part for that. And then I think, you know, character development is key. I think, um, again, if we talk about, I guess, a callback to like Thin Red Line, like I didn't care about most of the characters in that film just because there was no development with it. It just felt very kind of bland. But this, you 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 form that, that bond or that character learning development within the film and you get to care for these guys after just being kind of dropped into it. Um, and so... Um, no, I mean, like, overall, I mean, I liked the weapon play. Nothing felt too corny. Some of the dialogue was cheesy, but that's the writing. Can't do anything about that. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I really liked the dynamic, the flow, everything. I think it's – I liked it more than Platoon, I think. Um, I definitely like it a whole lot more than um, Full Metal Jacket. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and you know it 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 holds up really really well. So I think um, I think I'm gonna give it a an eight point five out of ten. Scream Mill Gibson's. Uh, I think that's where I land on this tonight. Yeah, um, I'd agree with you both so far um, with the assessment that I think it's. I, I used to think the opposite. I thought Platoon was better back in the day. Um, and I think that this portrays more of like just again, like you guys were saying, a battle. Like this is what these guys went through. They got fucked up repeatedly, and it's not it's not one of those things. Like Platoon wasn't either, but like it's not one of those movies where it's like, oh, the Americans won, they overcame all this shit. It's like they get to the top of the hill, and like there's four of them left. Like it was not a victory. And then if you know the history, like they just literally left that hill and then the uh, NDA retook it and blah, blah, blah. But it's like whatever. And it portrays that very well. And um, yeah, there's technical things wrong with it. You know, that's my wheelhouse and like whatever. They're very forgivable. They really are. Um, it, it's not It's not a big deal. It's just stupid, dumb nerd shit that I would notice and like somebody else that knew a lot about Vietnam and like the insignia and all that shit. We're not, oh, fuck. We never went over the name tapes. But anyway, I'll take your word for it, Brian. I'll take your word for it. But um, yeah, earn that, like it's, the gear was good. Um, the weapons, yes, they were A1s that were doctored up to look like E1s. Okay, that's fine. Um, again, technical shit. The acting... 
I actually the only actor that I thought was shit was the main like kid character, like the uh, the FNG. Uh, I don't know his name. Um, Square jawed guy. The guy. Yeah, the guy. Like he makes it to the end. Oh, that guy. Yeah, he's kind. He's he's okay. He's it's not. Just, it's just yeah. it's just like very fucking like it's he's cookie acting. cutter. He's acting. cookie cutter. Yeah, right. He's acting. Yeah, the yeah. rest of the guys like they were into their roles. You could tell. Yeah. And yeah. Anyway, but uh, again, that's 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 very forgivable. Uh, the history of this. I mean, even if you don't know it, you can just appreciate it. But like, they got it is is spot on for a film in, in eighty seven as they could. Um, so that was not a big deal for me either. Um, anyway, uh, overall, overall, I'm giving it an eight, a solid eight out of ten. Um, it was, it's it's very fucking raw and unapologetic. <laughs> No, it, 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 it's, it's really fucking yeah. brutal. It's nasty. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, guys who were in Vietnam that went through this. Yeah, it, it, it's fucked up. So it's very brutal. And for that, yeah, I guess an eight. Yeah. You know, um, did, did I turn it over to you yet? I'm just fucking <laughs> with you, buddy. <laughs> God, Brian, go. <laughs> That's the way my day. I just, is I just going. wanted to see your. I just that, wanted to see your face. You're really blindsided. I knew you're having a shitty couple my day. flowers. But uh, I knew that. <laughs> Go ahead, buddy. I'm sorry. I was just no more. With you. No more crazy eyes. But anyway, I'm, uh, I'm leaving. I'm leaving that long pause in there. Yes, absolutely. That was that was great. I'm like, how pissed off is he going to be? And I'm like, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm the kind of person that's like, you know, I'm not gonna confront you, but your car might not start because there's a pound of fucking sugar in your gas tank. No, it's um, yeah, you know, you guys have said a lot, so I'll try to, to read some of it. But it's a war movie without an agenda. It's just the facts about one bloody battle in the Vietnam War. I mean, and that's what I think is what's really good about this film. I mean, it's really hard to you know, say is platoon better than this or whatever. Cause like, you know, like I mentioned earlier, film metal jacket platoon and hamburger Hill are, are three Vietnam war movies that are about three different things. Mm -hmm. And they really do what they try to set out to do very well. You know, full metal jackets, very good with training and building a soldier into whatever you're supposed to do in morality. Marine. Um, whatever marine soldier you know i'll get shit on for my marine friends. yeah you, you'll, you'll like, get shit on i'm just trying to say it's fine you know please send uh you know all your hate mail to nathan's house at 69 <laughs> fuck you way in baltimore 16, Maryland. 1600 pennsylvania avenue washington no. dc there you go that's yeah. where you send your yeah. hate mail that's yeah. where birch lives yeah. but um <laughs> no it's yeah so it's really hard to compare those things and it's also i can't believe that these films all came out within nine months of each other right it's just crazy you know and it really goes to show that like Usually you, a film comes out, like SPR, and then the next film emulates a little bit of that and emulates that. But no, because they were all in production at the same time. They really couldn't do that. Nothing was really stolen. There's nothing, like not a lot, a lot of real similarities. They all kind of tackled the Vietnam War in their own way. Um, and I think it's great. But that being said, you know, like this is the only one that gets the battle aspect of it, where it's like, we're going to take the fucking hill. No hippies, no bullshit. Like you hear the culture and stuff through guys that experienced it. Not because you have to do it because it's the elephant in the room because if you don't talk about morality a Vietnam War movie, then whatever, you know. And like Michael had mentioned, you know, he's like, why haven't I seen this before? And I really feel like this is the last movie, you know, 
in a summer of Vietnam War movies when all you heard about was Platoon, all you heard about was Full Metal Jacket, and this was just the other one. And, and it, because it's more of a traditional film, is it's a battle in the Vietnam War, and it's not like a morality piece in the Vietnam War, then it was just kind of like another war movie that, you know, because I remember seeing this originally in AMC and stuff, and like, you know, that's how I found out about it. And you really don't hear about it too much, you know, in the community of reenacting and things. It's more, you know, Platoon and Full Metal Jacket based. But it's fucking amazing. It's for what it sets out to do, it's really good. And, you know, it's the in my opinion, it's the best film about a battle in the Vietnam War. Um, you know, and comparing it to other ones too, like uh more modern ones like We Were Soldiers, Casualties of War, um oh, fuck, I keep forgetting the name, the long tan one, uh Danger Close. You know, like they're either too sensational or they don't hit the mark. The only one I have not seen and I know Michael likes this film a lot, is Fourth, Born on the Fourth of July. I've only I seen parts seen of either. that. And, you know, and I know what that film is to be, and I really feel like that film is good as it's a, you know, protesting film and, and you know, about a guy that went there and then came back in a true story. Um, but as far as Vietnam War battle films, like fucking mud, grit, fighting, like we're doing this, we're going to take the hill, this one is what takes the top, just for so many reasons. From ration socks to cobras, the stupid shit that doesn't matter, Really, but it's there, and it's. I really appreciate that it's there, and it's awesome. So that being said, I'm going to give this a nine out of ten. It's just a really, really solid movie. It has its little tropes, exploding balloon heads and things like that. You know, like shots that didn't work. It, it's not Lawrence of Arabia. It's not you know one of these amazing. Oh my God, this is beautiful. It's just a a movie that talks about a battle that fucking was hard to win, with guys that really didn't want to be there, but they were, and they they fought together, and they. You know, fought the, each other at points because of the stress. They fought the enemy at points, and they fought the elements, and they were just trying to get home. And I really like it. Um, so yeah, adding all the scores together into the computer that will tell us if we actually can take Hill nine three seven in less than a week. Fuck you, Mister Robert Kennedy. Um, we get an eight point two five out of ten. So very solid score. You know, yeah, one um, thing I can't one recall thing that we uh, mm-hmm. didn't mention is that uh, this movie was directed by John Irvin who also mm-hmm. directed Dogs of War, which we did a commentary on. <laughs> oh, shit. That's funny. Yeah. And that's, yeah. So for those that don't know, Jen, listen, we did a commentary a few weeks ago for fun, um, Dogs of War, which is a great mercenary film, actually. And uh, it's funny because both these films are very gritty. I can see that. I see the direct correlation. Yeah, same director. You know? um, and yep. it's funny how these two films kind of the same movie. way, too. An amazing Good movie. One. Highest rated film we've had, yeah. Ever. It's funny how like both these films start in the same way too, and somewhere else. Like this one starts the memorial in Washington, and that one starts like them driving out of Nicaragua. Um, no, it, it, yeah, it's great, but um, definitely see it if you guys haven't. Like you're doing yourself a disservice if you have not watched this movie and you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, like, it's definitely worth make watch. time. It's yep. fucking awesome, and it's gonna you know it's gonna want to make you buy Jungle Fatigues. It's gonna want to make you watch like Vietnam War stuff. Like it, what's really cool about this podcast, I'm not gloating on it, is that like we watch so many movies that you really get to learn. Like within the last six weeks, I watched Platoon, I watched this, I watched so much else, and it's just really cool to like see the correlations and how they change and stuff. And this one really stands out in my opinion. It was one of the ones that really drew me in, and I'm just like, fuck, I really like this movie. So definitely watch it. It's 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 up there, and. uh just want to tell you guys that just forget about her, man. Some fucking hairhead's got her on her back, and she's fucking her for peace right now. So just forget it, man. 365 and a wake up, and you'll be good to go. So catch you guys next week. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a rating. 
Otherwise, Mel Gibson won't stop screaming. If you like this content, make sure to check out our Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram pages. If you want to directly support our work, make sure to check out our Patreon. All these links are in the description below. Until the next time, Scuttlebutt out. Oh, that's a nice one. <laughs> we try harder. I have two that you know are. What that is? That's one of the slogans, yeah. Isn't that well, it's LBG? Avis, the car rental company. Oh, okay. The fucking. And then a bunch of the guys were like, yep. let's get the buttons because, yeah, we try harder. The two that I have is my Zidlicky one, which is the coolest <laughs> last name ever. I got, trust me, I'm a doctor. And it's like a brown. <laughs> and then the other one I have on my uh, helmet is uh, try, or you want color TV? Try LSD. <laughs> So fucking those are like <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. That's fucking awesome. Yes. So. That's fucking great. Well, they have that shit made locally. Oh, in, yeah. Like, in country. Yeah. So. Sick. Yeah, it's it's very funny. All right. Ow. Cool. <clears throat> if, also, if you're going to fuck up the intro, which I think you might have, I'm going to correct you and we're going to have to rewrite it. But go ahead. Cool. With your intro. <laughs> We head into the A-Shaw this week with John Irving's 1987 Vietnam War right, epic, stop. Hamburger Hill. A-Shaw <laughs> Valley. You have to say A-Shaw cool. Valley. We head into the A-Shaw Valley this week with John Irving's 1987 Vietnam War epic, Hamburger Hill.